Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who-should-have-won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who do not claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can also get us on our socials, either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Best Picture Cast. At any one of those, you can reach out, give us your thoughts, tell us what we got right, tell us what we got wrong. We're always looking for input and interactivity from the world. And we're back yet again. It's a new year, a new, a really a new year this time. Last time was a fake new year because we recorded in December and aired it in January. But I am uh, back with two co-hosts who you've heard before, and I'll introduce them momentarily. Before I do, I want to remind anyone who's, whether you've listened to this before or this is your first time listening and you enjoy it, if you can rate and review on whatever platform you're using. Uh, also subscribe. All that helps our visibility, helps us get out there. So if you're listening on Apple Pods, they have a little rate and review section. Write us a, a, a little synopsis of what you think of the podcast. It would help us out a lot. So if you're, if you're into this, we would appreciate hearing from you in that manner as well. And I have uh, two co-hosts, I said, with me today. I'm going to introduce them now. The first one, if you're a frequent listener of this podcast and you haven't heard his voice yet, then you've listened to a very interesting sequence of episodes because he is our most frequent co-host. And he is Joey R. Joey, how are you doing today? Good, good. Excited to be here. Excited to go to two New Year's 100 years ago. That's right. It is a New Year's episode. With the with the new year and two in a row, uh, American in Paris, we had New Year's. That's it. That's right. That's right. Not new, new Year's, year's parties. And Joe, you've uh, been on the most episodes of any podcast. It's exciting. To the yeah. 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 If you haven't heard me, you have actively tried to avoid me. Which, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess good for you. <laughs> Off the top of, of of your head, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. What what were some of your favorite episodes that you were on? Um, I think going my way was the biggest surprise episode. Wow. I think I think we did some great work there with. Working, uh, kind of fighting uphill. Yes, right. The um, remote episode. Yeah, but uh, I I think Sound of Music was the one that really Sound of Music and Rebecca. I think are the when I when I recommend episodes to people and they say give me one of yours to listen to. Those are the first two I I do. Very nice. So yeah, both 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 great ones. We go from the most frequent co-host to the least frequent (laughs) co-host. This next gentleman has been on the fewest of anyone. He's been on one episode, and that was the Birdman episode. He is the uh, great and terrible Oz. Oz. Working my way into the mix. I'm trying. Yes, that was my my Pet cemetery reference there. But uh, Oz, great to have you back. Um, Thank you. Birdman was your your Birdman and the Batman combo. Birdman, Batman combo was my uh, icebreaker. I think the Batman is one of the best things we've done, so I think that's a hell of a strong episode to start with. Yeah. I'm happy to jump almost 100 years uh, before <laughs> right. Birdman to this one. That's exactly right. And uh, since you've been on, you heard the episode. Any any thoughts to tack on? Or, or no, since I was you... right. You're all wrong. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, I think we mentioned it at the last time you here. You've been watching the the Finchers. Yes. Uh, straight yes, through. What yes, are you What yes. are you up to now? Um, 
I am up to a rewatch. I've seen them all at this point, but I got to get through uh, Gone Girl again, which I've seen enough times. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I have to watch that again. And then the new, uh, the new one on Netflix. Oh, uh, Mank. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which I have not seen yet. So I got to get to those. Nice. What so was the... My... Oh, and otherwise you've pretty much... You've I'm done. Them. Oh, I'm wow. Done. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Nice. What, this time around, which one did you like the best as kind of a surprise? What did you like the least as kind of a surprise? Um, the, the game was great. Um, I had actually never seen that one before. Um, that's a, that's a that was a pleasant surprise. I really liked that movie, and uh, I still don't like the Social Network. I don't know what to wow. say. Yeah, wow. I tried. It's a big take. No, I it, I thought it was because at the time I didn't like it when I saw it initially. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, yeah. Maybe it's, I maybe guess it's a, like social media topic burnout I get it. at this point. Wow. Yes, yeah, you know that's one I've avoided until this year. And uh, this this past spring, I I watched it and I really really enjoyed it. Um, I watched it once and I'm, I mean, middle ra- middle of the road on yeah, it. I don't okay. love it, don't hate it. It's just yeah, I, I watch it again. I just when it came out, I wasn't interested in it. And I know then, I know I'm in the minority with with that, but it's like all right, I get it. Zuckerberg's an asshole. Everybody else around him's kind of an asshole too. That's the story. <laughs> like, we know that. You know we we know we know that. Right. It's been said a thousand times. So. Yeah, that's Maybe one. Timing. That's one we're going to talk about probably more length than we do our King's Speech episode yes, because right. that's that the the internet loves social network. I guess appropriately so. Always hates on King's Speech because of it. Which and is unfair. Yeah, and I, I think uh, just will probably upset some people that week because I think for the most part, most of uh, Team BPC is very pro King's Speech. Very much so. From the group chat, I think there's. You know, yeah, a strong King speech positivity across the board. Fincher has got a got an internet following too. Yep, so it's hundred percent. Yeah, and it's just it just there's certain movies that people just turn on because of the Oscars. Also, when we say in the start of this thing, it's not a who should have won episode. Right. It, and when we're we're gonna go into rankings, I'll talk a little bit about that next. But when ranking them, you can't just hurt it in the rankings because you think another movie should have won. Right. Whether it's Dances with Wolves and Goodfellas or. Uh, ordinary people in Raging Bull or uh, Citizen Kane I mean, not winning over back, yeah so it's it's but, you know Shakespeare in Love is the one we always talk about is... Go, going back to Birdman because we talked about Birdman when I, so we talked about Whiplash yep so uh, my wife actually saw Whiplash for the first time well since since we did since that episode came out it was on we caught, I think it was uh, over Christmas we caught we caught it and she was like oh I've never seen this you always talk about how good it is and I'm like yeah we watched it she was. So uncomfortable by J.K. Simmons. She was like, she was like that was fantastic. <laughs> like it did. Like she felt like as one will be. Yeah. yeah. There's not much wrong with that movie. No, I know that's, that's, that's a that's a that's a special movie. Great movie. Yeah. In addition to talking Cavalcade, which is our episode today, 1933's Cavalcade. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, we're gonna get right into that, talking about movies that the internet has turned on, um, <laughs> and uh, we'll Literally. we'll talk as much as as Cavalcade uh, requires us to talk about it, and then we're gonna go into the second half of this episode, which we're gonna revisit our first fifteen rankings episode. That was an episode that Joey, you were a part of. That's as... a top notch. You, if you want to know how about us. I would agree. Yeah, that's, that's one to listen to. We don't do spoilers on the episode, so if you haven't seen the movies, you can, you can check it efforts. out. Yes, <laughs> we, have, we bit our tongue. We bit our tongue. And we are about halfway to our next rankings episode, which will be the Absolutely. first 30, and we'll, we'll revisit the 15 movies we covered in season two, and we will rank them independently, and then we'll kind of look at the first 30 from there. But today, Oz, you were not there for the, uh, the 15... Correct. 
I, di- I didn't make it into the group just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, have seen most of the movies that yeah. we talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost caught up. I got a few I didn't see and a few I haven't seen in, in, a, in a long time. But I got enough where I can throw my, uh, my rankings into the mix. Great. So you're going to go through your rankings. Yeah. You're also going to kind of look at it because you weren't there, kind of look and react to some of ours. And we will have the composite ranking, which includes all five of our rankings. That's myself, Joey R., RDB, Chris G, and Grant Z, as well as uh, a couple people who weren't there as well. Catherine Short, who is a, a big contributor to the show, she gave hers. And then Jay, who was on the American Beauty and Gentleman's Agreement episode, he gave his as well. So the composite includes all of those. And that's the first time we're talking about the composite here. We only released it on Twitter so far. Yes, so. we put it up on Twitter. We'll go with that versus yours, Oz. And then I also have uh, what they would be on IMDb based on the IMDb yeah, ratings. So, I yeah, like we'll that. check that That's out. Too, so that'll be good. I have no idea. So <clears throat> Yeah, so it should be interesting to check that out. Everything will be time-stamped. So if you're here for the cavalcade, you'll get your cavalcade. God bless you. Yes, and if you're here for the rankings, you can fast forward to that point. All of that will be in the description. We're going to get started with cavalcade first, but I do want to mention too, um, Oz, you're going through the, you did the Tarantino and then the Fincher. Yes. That inspired me to pick a director and I've been going through the Clint Eastwoods. That's a lot. Nice. That's it, a lot. That, it's, that's a, it's a big task. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a big task. Cause it's just, you know, I think there's close to four. I think it's like 37 or 40 movies. So I, I braved my way through the 70s. I'm in the 80s now. So I think I am eight movies in. So I just okay. f- finished the eighth one yesterday. Nice. And it's been very interesting because it's what kind of – he's a director who I've always loved, but I really only know his later stuff. Right. I, I didn't know his earlier stuff, even some of the big ones like High Plains Drifter and Outlaw Josie Wales. So I was able – I was able to, to view those for the first time in an awesome How is that one, so, Josie Wales? I've awesome. seen it. Yeah, it's good. I highly recommend it. That, High Plains Drifter 2. I mean, okay. those are, were excellent. And then there were a couple, like, hidden gems in there, like Breezy and uh, Bronco Billy. Just, you know, oh, okay. when I read the description, <laughs> I'm like, God, this is going to be a brutal two hours. I'm going to sit here. And then just, you know, love the hell out of it. And then yeah, I stumble into my first real bad one uh, in Firefox, where he plays it. A, a jet pilot at Cold War times. It's I mean, if you put out yet. 37 movies, <laughs> right. you're going to have a couple <laughs> clunkers. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason no, none of us know Firefox besides the Internet Explorer that none of us use. Right, yeah, we're in the N64 game. Right. So, well, what was right. that? Or Star Fox. Star Fox. Star Fox. First factual error of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I've been kind of uh, filling filling that, that journey in and on Twitter. So if you're interested yeah. in, in this clinic, that's impressive. That's because I, I was looking for. Like 10 or so is the nice number. Yeah. You get through them. I'm, I'm not nice. trying on any timeline. It's just kind yeah, of, yeah. Uh, I'd like to get it done before we do our first Clint Eastwood, is there will be two right. in Unforgiven, A Million Dollar Baby, Million Dollar Baby, which is one of my yeah. uh, all time favorites. Well, so. you set the schedule for this, so you can make that That's work. exactly right. That's right. So it's the beauty of, of power here. Uh, yeah, I'm working on the Bon Ho ones. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's where I'm too. at now because it's just everything. Every time I see something, I'm more blown away. So I'm going through everything. Now. Yeah, awesome. So in talking about directors, today's movie Cavalcade, we have uh, Frank Lloyd directed this one. Frank Lloyd, we discussed with Mutiny on the Bounty. I mean, what happened in two years is unbelievable. Yeah, that's- yeah, true. And this is two years before Mutiny on the Bounty came out. And he's one of only a handful of directors who have won two Oscars for directing. There's 20 total. So he's one of 20, which is, that's an elite list. Yeah, that's no joke. Watching this start versus how Mutiny and the Bounty started, I was... Yeah. It, it, it just, it feels like a different, uh, it does not feel two years apart. It feels at least no. 10 years apart. Yeah, I, I... Especially back then, like, the fact that they were able to go from this, where they were having trouble lighting rooms... 
to Mutiny on the Bounty, where they're literally out in the ocean. Yeah, it's it's, it's true, and this is a, a first watch for both of you guys. We'll get that out there. I don't think yeah, correct. Really. Yes, I had never heard of it before. We, yeah, we talked uh, about. When, you, we, when you picked it, and I went to look it up, I couldn't spell it in Google. It, I knew so little <laughs> about it. <laughs> right, and this is one we all watched on YouTube. It's available on YouTube, free, free on YouTube, so you can check that out. An hour and fifty so minutes, hour fifty three, something very, like that. A very easy hour and fifty some odd minutes. Like it's it goes. Yeah. This is a movie that I I thought I owned. I was like kind of like looking through <laughs> and then realized I didn't know this was probably a TCMer back in the day. I probably saw it about about ten years ago, eight to ten oh, years so this ago. This was early, early on. Yeah, right? this was early ish. So this, this helped you on. figure out that this is what you wanted to do. This movie was like, um, all right, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I you I'm know watch 97 more. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just like it has to go up? Well, because it was one that wasn't necessarily easy to find. TCM decided when I was gonna watch it, so I DVR'd it. Yeah. You know, I just I kind of was just fishing through the schedule. It was on there, recorded it, hour 50 minutes, and just kind of picked it in a in a day. But no, it was actually kind of one of the more brutal ones early on. Yeah, uh, no, yeah early on, I, I, I can see that scaring people away. Yeah, from didn't this project didn't remember much about it. I watched it again here. I watched it twice here in the past week and. Not sure I'll remember much about it in a few years. Not to be so, a dick. I be- think it's before just... I start to say all the negative stuff about it, uh, I'll give it credit. It's it's a pretty ambitious movie for nineteen thirty. For sure, absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it's it's. And I think there's things of it that are really good. I just think that there's things in it that aren't, and I don't know where they bounce. Out. I don't think you should ever. And we'll take Forrest Gump aside. You're going to talk about that plenty, I'm sure. Don't try to do the movie that spans decades and decades 34 years is a long time but the problem is it unnecessarily skips it's a hard thing 15 years it's a hard thing to do in you know 1990 2000 2020 it's a hard concept to do and they tried to do it in 1933 i think the other thing is we talked a lot in american paris about kind of length of movies i'm happy this is an hour and 50 minutes but if you're going to go 34 years you're not happily going through yeah and being in now if they would have if this would have been any longer I don't think it's watchable. If you yeah. think out the musical, uh, random musical interludes, it's like an well, hour and 30. That's actually my first question, though. Is this a musical? I just think there's just this unnecessary urge in this time period to just stick musical numbers in the middle of these songs. I, I, don't, I think we're still kind of early in the sound Very on so. film. We're, we're, we're just starting talking. Yeah. So, right. you know, Broadway Melody, I think, was one of the first movies with sound that you know, that we talked it? about. Yeah. And this is only four years later, right. so I think they still have this, well, let's give them a number to kind of get them going, and where it just wouldn't happen 15 years later. And uh, the way they add it in, it's, it's like punctuates points, but that it's inconsistent in the way they do it. I think the thing at the beach is fine, with like the vaudeville guys, mm-hmm. fine. I get why you're doing that, it's a party at the beach. And I think when we first meet Fanny and right before the Zeppelin thing, I think that yeah. makes sense as the recruiting. I think the rest, it's just like, what are we doing here, guys? It's still kind of like a play. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Like they're still in that, in that mode. It's just... It's and this is adapted from a play. I mean, it was, a, it was a crazy time. This is a quick so, adaption. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're already kind of getting into it here. So, uh, let's take the dive. Are we ready? Yeah. I think we're very ready. Let, okay. me, let me ask you a question. Okay, sure. And I don't have the answer to this. It's not really like a trivia question. Who's the main character of this movie? I would say that it's 
Mrs. Marriott it's would would yeah that would kind of be my answer to that. You could say maybe it's Robert Marriott, the, the father too, but he's kind of on the. the I think he disappears. Jane yeah. is the yeah, Jane is the, the thread. We see her, when he leaves to, when kids leave to go to war to do anything. She's the one who's there. We don't follow him to Africa. We stay in England with her. I think it's Jane. In order to to tell Jane's story here, we gotta take a little leap back in time. We're ready Ooh. for the dive. How not? Let's I do can't it. Wait to see here who the president of France is. <laughs> well, this is the best picture winner, so we're not going to hear oh, about damn that. It. <laughs> but the year is 1933, and the U.S. president is FDR, and FDR would begin his first term in office in March of 1933, a position he would hold for an unprecedented length, and he'd hold that until his death in 1945. FDR took office amidst the greatest depression in the history of the country and began immediately to relieve, recover, and reform. The World Series was between the New York Giants, the New York Baseball Giants, and the Washington Senators. The Giants defeated the Senators four games to one. It would be the last World Series played in Washington, D.C. until the 2019 season. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, good, that's, a that's, good stretch. That's cool trivia. BPC relevant because it was that 2019 World Series in Game 7. That night we recorded the pilot episode of BPC. Yeah, Departed. That, it all connects. That's right. And uh, that big gap in time in D.C. was because the Senators, who won their lone championship in 1924, would relocate to Minneapolis in 1960 and become the Minnesota Twins. New York Giants were managed by Bill Terry, the World Series MVP award wasn't given out till 1955, so they didn't name an MVP that year. But a key to the Giants' championship triumph was the pitching of aces and their nicknames King Carl Hubble and Prince Hal Schumacher. Wow. I thought that was a, uh, cool. a cool... Um, I like that. Yeah, uh, doing a, a, calling the ace king and the, the second ace, or the, the two, Prince. I'm guessing Hal Schumacher must have been a rookie or an up-and-comer. Carl, Carl Hubble would, would become a Hall of Famer. The story number, for another podcast. Of course, right. And the number one song of the year was Stormy Weather by Ethel Waters. Ethel Waters. Have you heard of Ethel Waters, guys? Nope. No. She was nope. the first African-American woman to star in her own television show and the first African-American woman to be nominated for a primetime Emmy. It's kind of shitty we haven't heard of her. I know. <laughs> you think you, yeah. yeah. The first to be nominated for an Emmy. Wait, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. Those are three pretty considerable things for... Three pretty knowledgeable pop culture movie yeah. and music to have no idea. Ethel Waters. I think go check the, it out. the Ethel Waters uh, hype isn't there. No, it's not. Someone Stormy Weather. Go, go look it up. The I worry it's not a good song here. <laughs> I, I listened to it. I dug it. It was, oh, it was vibe. You? It was moody. It was a moody song. Oh, I like okay. It. I figured like big band, happy and silly. No, it's kind of it's kind of kind of dark. Uh, All right, um, that might work. The Best Picture winner in 1933 is Cavalcade. It was directed by Frank Lloyd, produced by Frank Lloyd as well. It was based on a play by Noel Coward, tough last name, screenplay by Reginald Berkeley, and the cinematography was by John Seitz. The movie was starring Diane Wynyard, Clive Brook, Herbert Munden, Una O'Connor, Frank Lawton, and Ursula Jeans, was nominated for four Oscars, and it was the winner of three one Best Picture, one Best Director, Frank Lloyd, one Best Art Direction from William S. Darling. And it was also nominated for Best Actress, Diana Wynyard. Cavalcade, gentlemen. Uh, this one, as we've all said, is, is you know 
both of you guys first watch on this. Mm -hmm. This is kind of a, a little bit of a whipping post from people who have seen a lot of the Best Picture winners. One that gets a lot of a lot of hate. The least IMDb votes of any Best Picture winner of all time. Wow, the least votes. Yeah, interesting. What does that it, mean? So people vote on IMDb. That's how the composite scores come. And oh. of the Best Picture winners, this is the least by a pretty considerable amount. Yeah, and it is. Uh, it's not the lowest rated. Broadway Melody, I believe, is the is the yeah. Lowest it's five point nine. Yeah, but it has a lot. It, it, in Broadway Melody for four years earlier, I mean, it's not. It's enough votes where it's surprising. Yeah. I think Broadway Melody being the first brings people's eyes to that before this. I think this gets lost. Yeah. So the one of the interesting things with Cavalcade, and I think it might play into why those numbers are so low as far as the total votes. For a long time, this was the lost Best Picture winner. It was not available. Uh, it was not available on DVD. It was the only one. There was a time period where it was the only one that was not available it didn't on DVD. I think Wings right? also had a time. Uh, yeah, and I think it was as late as the 2000s that it came I out I thought I saw 98, so you, okay. so you might All be right. right. I might have read yeah, it Yeah, so it's wrong, right yeah. around that time. So it kind of was that, like, checklist movie. Like, right. I, you know, I got to Like you were saying, you have to catch it. Yeah, so I think that there was like this little cause for we need cavalcade in our lives. And then everyone got cavalcade in their lives. And all of a sudden it was like, boo, I, went, I waited all this time for this. So I think that it took a little heat it from that. It built up right. too much. And if you're trying to say, hey, watch this movie, what would you say to somebody to convince them to watch this movie? It's like Forrest Gump without personality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ha is this the only Oscar Best Picture you haven't seen? Well, it's only an hour and 50 minutes. Go check it out. Free on YouTube. You but I went into this expecting to hate it. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I can't say I liked it. Right. So I'm kind of at this very weird in-between where, like, there's pieces. And I think if you've heard me here, which, again, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me. I like movies. And I, yes. I actively go out of my way to not dislike movies. I don't spend this... You're time. a very positive person. Right. Yes. And I, and I think that of the movies that we've covered, you always seem to find the best in all, in all of them. And, and and I really try to do that because if I'm going to watch a movie and commit to something, and if you're listening to this, this is X amount of hours. Like, we watch it twice. We take it all very seriously. There's a lot of work. Like, I don't want to do this work for something I hate. Like, it's right. just, it's not worth it. Like, I so I, I, things I don't like about it, I just push to the side and I try to talk about things I like. And this, I was like, oh. So there's things here, but I, I, it, it's, there's parts where it's just, what are we doing? Kieran, you just watched Singing in the Rain for the first time, right? I did, yes, a few months ago. So the first time when Gene Kelly and is doing the first talkie and he can't figure out the microphone, they have to put the microphone on him because they can't get it, right? Great. That's coming from this. It has to be. Because the first three <laughs> scenes, Robert could not find the microphone. Right, he was yeah, going, wow. he'd be like, oh! Yeah. And I was dying. I was like, wow. oh, good job singing in the rain. Uh, 25 years later, just ripping on this. Those mistakes aren't really the, the main issue. Though. No, absolutely not. But those are things I noticed. And we had just talked about singing in the rain two weeks ago. So it was very fresh in my head. Yeah, I'll say that this time I enjoyed it way more than I had enjoyed it. The first time. So the first time, and by the way, I, I came into this one r r knowing we were going to do this episode. And I was like, oh, Cavalcade, man, that's one I did not like. And all right, it's an hour and 50. We're fine. Movie start. Okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is going to be a moment. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I, I found some appreciation in it this right. time. So I will say that. there. I don't think that this is the worst movie on this list. I really don't. Uh, I, I think that there are worse ones. I think we've covered a worse one. I think Broadway Melody is... I haven't is, seen Broadway Melody. That's, I think that's it one is, of the ones I have. That's one of two I haven't seen. And Ozzy, you, you saw that one? That was one I came. haven't. I have not seen that one. They're about the same length. I think it is very clear to me 
that this is better than that. I, I mean, think there's good points to this. I think that in 1933, this probably felt very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. it is, but it's there's no characters at all. There's no real stakes. Like that's why there's definitely no <sighs> like question. There's of, not really very good acting either, and I think that that plays into the characters too. Is and, and um, Joey, you mentioned that thing in the rain, Clive Brook. Was a silent uh, was a silent movie star, you know, right? Completely, uh, it's been sense. around, so that yeah, that's a good big... that's a good spot there, right? And I I think the other thing though, back to um our boy the director Schmidt from Union on the Bounty, you know, I, I like the loyalty of Lloyd, you know, he's the he's yeah. throwing piss into the wind off the boat on the Bounty, <laughs> but here I mean he's he's one of the stars, and I think yeah, mm-hmm. I liked him, yeah, I did I did too. One thing we got to say here, and and I think that this plays into why this movie gets a good amount of hate from. Uh, the masses is the first half hour of this mood movie is just straight brutal. I mean, it is painful, painful. And, and the biggest, uh, the biggest timeline mistakes are in the beginning. Like it, it catches talk, up. Talk to me about the timeline mistakes because you you came yeah. in you, you you came in right before we even set up. You're like you're going on the, about the timeline mistakes. So so give, give me a little. Matters. How old are Robert and Jane supposed to be on New Year's of 1899? I'm thinking they're probably. She's probably. He's probably 30. She's probably mid twenties. Okay, that's probably okay. right. I would say maybe even you think maybe even a little younger for him. They've been together ten years, so I'm thinking she's probably. Oh, they've been together ten years. Okay. Yeah, they said they they make a point about this is our ten years together, okay. our tenth New Year's Eve together. They have the kids who are about eight and six. That's what's gonna be my next question. Yeah. The kids. Yeah, they're about eight and six. I, I reverse math by when they went to college and when they joined the military. Okay, we have stuff. to take out our home alone pizza math calculator. Here this now. is all pizza okay. math. <laughs> So I yeah, so I think he's about thirty. He's he's I mean he's about to be knight. He's he's gonna get knighted in two years. So we're okay. New Year's Eve, eighteen ninety nine, going into nineteen hundred, with a fantastic looking New Year's Eve party. Yeah. I would love to be there. Good good for them. Looks like a fucking blast. Lipton tea product placement. Yeah, yeah early first product. Early product placement. Two in a row, bang bang. Yeah. Lipton tea. Yeah, yeah. Like really, I was like, oh man. And then Dewar Scotch getting the product. Yeah, later on, yeah. there's a I think there's a dog chow one too. Yeah, there's, there's a couple a, yeah. things. The big thing is the second bar war, right? So that's where they all yes. they're all going to the second yes. bar war. So he's going at like. In his 30s, he's going to this He's high-end in there. I mean, he, from his war record, he gets knighted. But now, so they're at the play. So the Second Boer War ends May 31st, 1902. Okay. Right? Okay, that is the official end of the Boer War. So let's say he came home a little bit early when peace was about to be given. They get home, but then Queen Victoria dies. Right. Queen Victoria died January 22nd, Before the war 1901. Ended. Good catch. Queen wow. Victoria dies Can we earlier. Earlier. Now, we're jumping ahead. We have to... Yes. Yeah. When they go... When they go to war, that like song and dance on the boat that they that they're they're like celebrating as they get on the boat to uh-huh. leave. I'm like, oh man, they're gonna get killed in this war. <laughs> they're not ready to go to fucking storm someone's homeland. The other thing too that I'm looking is just I mean, how can you not look at it in a modern day? I'm seeing this gigantic crowd of people and these guys come there and they're just all just holding these bayonet <laughs> muskets, just <laughs> just so casually just strolling through the crowd with them. So I mean, talk about it. Could you imagine like? We're sending soldiers off to like the Middle East, and they just have assault rifles through giant crowds, right. and they're marching through. <laughs> they but, don't seem to be taking it very seriously. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, so yeah, the, the Boer War. Who yeah. cares? Well, you know, we're going to South Africa. Thirty year olds. Well, this, is, and this, is, this has been going. So this, the first Boer War kind of bled into the second Boer War, and all it's about. English found out that there was gold and diamonds in Africa, and they were like, "Oh, we're going to come take that." I, I do want to. I do want to say this. This is another thing I'm going to highlight here is. Why I think this movie hurts in its connection with today's audience. And, I mean, I'm going to, I mean, listen, we're Americans. I'm going to 
speak in the perspective of an American. So, uh, I, you know, I know we do have listeners that from, from other countries and that, but I, we're, we're speaking from the perspective of modern day American audiences. Right. The Boer War, I mean, I just, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to Wikipedia what the hell the Boer War was. I didn't, I, you know, and I've seen this movie before, you know, like, so it's just like, to me, that, I think in 1930s when this movie came out in and it's directed toward an right. England, English audience, yeah. the Boer War is, you know, maybe that's clicking to them like Desert right. Storm. You know, so I just, the Boer War, I just, okay, the second Boer you know, War, we're going to, I'm like, what are they going, there's a war in South Africa? Like, I mean, maybe talk, I'm, I'm, there's my own ignorance. But. Right. But they're talking about the president of South Africa, like they're throwing it, like, there's a lot of things I'm like, all right, I'm like writing things down, I'm like, all right, I have to read about that. And I like reading about things, so it's not like annoying, but it's like, I know nothing, like, I don't even have a level of context. There's no emotional attachment, it's all just a thing. It could be completely fiction for my, you know. Yeah, and I kind of looked at it like this, and Oz, you mentioned, like, if you're going to tell a story that spans a bunch mm-hmm. of decades, yes. probably don't. Yeah, right. But let's just if we if we put this in context to today, right. let's say they were to make a story that starts in 1999 okay. and spans through 2020. Okay. And 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 we're still 12 years you know, a couple <laughs> right. So you know, I'm just I'm just right. trying to mix. I'm Not trying you. to mix the change of the millennium. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. so if we want to say maybe this movie's made 10 years from now and okay. they take it to, to 1930 or 1932, right, from 19, or maybe we start in 1990 point. and then, right. So we, right. We, can, we can kind of put it in some relative context. And there were some major events that, that happened there with 9-11. 9-11 can, can be comparable I mean, to the, the t- Titanic Y2, versus Y2K. Uh, the war. Yep. Yeah, there's enough going on there. I think that our modern day audience might be interested in a movie like that. And if you had someone like a David Fincher make the movie or someone like a Ron Howard make the movie... It might be something that people could take to and maybe find its way in the Oscars. Possibly. Maybe. Fincher kind of tried that with, with Button. With Button, yeah. Right. Well, and, and it found its way to the Oscars. Well, it didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm just... Button I'm, is a bad I'm trying to I'm trying to put Cavalcade in context. I will watch Cavalcade a hundred times before it, I watch a, Button again. <laughs> like, please, please don't watch Cavalcade a hundred times. Please. It's just... Uh, I don't, it's an idea that is like... Impossible to pull off, nearly impossible. It, I know it is. We're gonna keep going. You can I, keep going to pointing to to Gump, Gump of course, but I'll leave that aside. But briefly, that has you know so many incredible people involved. Wonderful you're performances. Strike, you're not gonna big. strike gold like that. And ever. there's also technology yeah. things. That's other. But yeah. then another movie that spans decades, Shawshank. But that does it in a way that's self-contained. So you're not yeah, that's, that's telling things. its own story over time. It's not it's, trying to tell the world's story but it's or the still country's going story. Through with the you know the actresses, but, and that works because it's self-contained. This, you know, they jump time in times that don't make sense. Well, but again, here's also the problem, too, is let's take it to today's, to today's concept of we're going to do a movie from 1999 to 2030. A years from now, are they going to care? Is another country going to care? No. Probably not. Probably. You know, probably. You think the people in England 100 years from now are going on here about Y2K? No. They're not. But and that, so that so they kind of took they're this. Be like idiots. <laughs> they took like current events, and then here's the other major problem too, is that this movie ends before World War II starts, and in many in many respects, World War II completely overshadows World War One. Yes. So that hurts this movie too. So I think there's a 100%. lot working against this yes. movie. But what they did here is they didn't say, all right, let's make characters, and then we'll make the time fit around it. They were like, let's make all these events, yes. and then we're going to have our characters fit around the events, and it's just like, okay. Even story falls apart behind, like, it's like event, but with no context of things. Right. Yeah. It's hard. 
Like the Queen Victoria thing, I think they handled very well. Yeah, I, I mean, th that's when the, the, you know, that starts to get to be the part of the movie where things start getting a little better. That's what I was going to ask where. I know you said about the half hour. I, I, I had it somewhere hour. between a half hour and 40 minutes. It's to that's me, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to say where I really start to get interested, it's when the kids grow up. Okay. It's the, the section where the kids are younger, it's, it's a little tough. And the, the only thing that saves that section of the movie to me is uh, Joey? You mentioned it. Is um, Herbert Munden's uh, character, Mister Bridges? He's right. the only part of the early on that really mm -hmm. keeps me into it because he's really the only good actor. There, there and he's a character. There's substance to him. And over eight years, over I'm sorry, over seven years from '01 uh, to '08, he evolves. He doesn't just grow up. Yeah. He goes from a guy working in service who's Pride just came back from the war. Yeah, they tell a nice story there in a brief yeah. amount of time. Then he comes back. Now he's now you know the business has taken over him. He's an alcoholic. He's spending all the money. He's struggling. They don't even want to keep him around when Jane comes in. There's he, there's an arc to his character that others don't have. Others just get older and do different things with their age. That was the best part of the movie to me because they touched on. I mean, for 1933, it's pretty pretty good. They touched on a you know a guy coming back from war mm -hmm. and then yeah. having trouble. Yeah, and right. I think that I took it as the, the the death of Queen Victoria got to him also and kind of triggered alcoholism, which is a pretty impressive story to tell. And they they like almost got there, yep. and then he just yeah. And they yeah. kind of they gave alcoholism in an interesting tone too, because usually when we see alcoholism in the movies, particularly pertaining to to war and coming home from war, it's about not dealing, not being able to deal with the stresses that you went through and just needing right. to lean on alcohol to make them. Mm -hmm. What they do with his character also is they also make it about the fact that he's running this bar all the time and he's around it all the time right. and he's just sucked into it. So it's not all negative drinking. It's right. also right. some, it's some social some, drinking. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? I got people. I want to do this. So he has it. His personality is getting sucked into it as see, well as the, the, those issues. And too. just when they were telling that good story that he gets like run over by a horse. He just got the dress. The end of that. <laughs> but you even see when he's when he's going, you see him. People are like, "Oh, uh, people love him." Yeah, like he's he's built that up, and I think that's um. While we're talking, dying felt like a cop out. While we're talking about social drinking, as <laughs> appropriate segment here, uh, segue here. Uh, what are we drinking? What are we sipping on tonight, Joe? What do you have for us? So, I'm not usually one for uh -oh. on brand, but I, I lucked into it tonight. So I went with Burlington Beer Company. So. A Vermont Brewery, I think we're at 100% success ratings for IPAs. And I went with the Future Glow Session IPA. Oh, very Figure, nice. Um, you know, starting in 1899, looking 33 years in the future. Let's, let's stick with the future. Here they have spaceships and aliens and shit instead of yeah, whatever, and, uh, this movie. whatever the hell this had in 19... Blind people building wicker baskets for some reason. And I'll tell you what, low-key... Out of the fifty states, Vermont has some of the best beer. Fact. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a big it's a big beer state. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had this. We've had this. Um, well. Yeah, the, the Von Trapp family yep. one was one of them too. But uh, Oz, what do you suppose? I got a local um, local being from Riverhead, the North Fork Brewing Company. Very this nice. This one is called Dark Side of the Maple, and huh. it's the name scares you because mm. I'm not a big maple fan. But this one's not bad. This is not you know not too overbearing with the maple. So it's Dark very side nice. Of the maple. Good brewery. I had a first one from the other day from you, and that's it right. was You're uh, welcome. Real tasty. It was yes. real delicious. Definitely wow. recommend them. Yeah. And that's a brewery I haven't heard of yet, so I got to check yeah, that out. My, my cousin bartends there. If you go out. Oh there. wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Uh, now, so I try to usually connect in with the location if I can or the theme somehow, and. We've just done so many of these British movies, and I, I gotta just be honest. I hate British beer. I just don't like it. <laughs> I didn't even I'm not trying that. to offend anyone. If, if you're, 
if you're uh, from from England or you love English beer, you know, that's great. Uh, it's just not for me. So I just decided, hey, you know what? We're doing cavalcade. That's enough of a tip of the cap to, to England. So I'm just going to pick that's something more I like. Enough. Right. So I went to the sour. I'm a big fan of sours. And uh, I picked the Sierra Nevada Wild Little Thing Slightly Sour Ale. So I had never had this before. I'm a big fan of the hazy little thing that Sierra Nevada does. So this is the uh, Wild Little Thing, which is their sour. And it's nice. pretty damn good. Nice. It's pretty damn good. Awesome. Can we talk about one thing before we move on from Alfred? Sure. All right. So... Where was Robert when he when he died? Like, where was his friends? His friend just wasn't in that scene, and I could not figure out why his friend Robert was not was just, in that scene. Listen, they didn't say, did I miss something where so, they said no? And I watched this a few times. So Robert comes back from the war. Robert gets knighted. Yeah. For some reason, they don't show us get knighted. Him getting yeah. knighted. They just show Budget. everyone else being interested, uh, introduced. And then um, I guess he just took nineteen oh eight off. I guess he was just working as a knight. He just wasn't there. But Jane was there. Well, she went yeah, to visit the family, and they kicked Alfred out. Robert has a way in this movie of just kind of stepping in and stepping out. You know, like he's, sometimes he's there and sometimes he's not. For a war know? hero who gets knighted, he is very inconsequential in this movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will say, too, that scene there where Alfred Bridges comes home drunk and, like, the, the wife kind of said, hey, you know, he's not here. He's, he's up, sick up in bed, or we yeah. basically shouldn't want him around the, right. around the, and the guests. He throws, he throws the, the He does... He and something that I really don't care for in early 1900s movies is actors acting drunk and pretending to act, pretending to be drunk, and they're you know, and it's this is over the top, like almost slapsticky. Yeah. It just isn't real. This this guy did a great job of acting drunk here. It wasn't he, he didn't he didn't overdo it. And this isn't just in early 1900s because if you've seen Mank, as as you mentioned that or before in Adventure Ones, there's a scene where Gary Oldman. Plays like an over-the-top drunk who just like falls over. It's like it's bad. Munden did a great job here of, of kind of like raising his temper to the point where you could see he wasn't all there and he didn't overdo the stumbling. I thought it was a nice a nice scene. I, I agree. Think, I have yeah. no. I I think he did a great job and with more than what his character was afforded. Yeah. I, it could have been a different movie. I and agree. A better movie. Yeah. He's a really good character. Like when he threw the doll in, like, oh, I can't even see that. Like, you don't even want me around when Jane's here, but she's giving gifts. No, my daughter, Fanny, can't have this gift. Like, it was really well done. And yeah, I, he, I, he I, elevated the, that, the early part of the movie. And I don't want to, I don't want to let this opening scene off the hook here. Right? I don't, don't want to blow through Because I, I, of most of the movies that we've covered here, and this is episode 23, 23. I believe. Yeah, episode 23. So of the 22 movies that we've covered, almost all of them start pretty strong. They give you the, including Broadway Melody, they give you something right as the movie starts to hold on to. Most of them. I mean, I, I could think through my head, there might be a couple there where it's a little, the, the beginning is a little flat. Once we've done, though, that's a big conversation Most of the we ones we've have. done yeah. is the start is pretty damn good. This one is notably not. That opening scene on New Year's night with the family, they introduce these characters and they in no way make me care about them. Why are they talking? That's what are they talking about? Who cares? What, they're, they're not good at acting. And, and it's, okay, then, then, you know, it doesn't even start to get to be something you can really follow if you haven't seen it before until they're going to get the kids and, the, you know, the kids come down for New Year's. And then there's at least, like, you can kind of see what's going on at least. Yeah. The second time you see it, you know, all right, I know who these people are. I know what they're talking about. But, again, it's still, it's not interesting. Not at all. No. Like, oh, great. Like, it's these, It's so slow. It's just like, all right, Alfred's spending... Again, I like Alfred. I'm very intrigued by that drink he made. 
And then they all drink together, and then it's... That's what hurts um, you know, when Jane's upset and worried. <sighs> audience doesn't really... You're not really going to care. Let's right. talk about Jane here for a second. And she's the only member of this cast that gets nominated for an Oscar. She gets nominated for Best Actress. And I, I'm not an expert on acting at that time. You know, the, the actress nominees. We can give this movie a little bit of a pass here because it's 1933. But I do want to say this. A year later, one of the best movies ever made comes out with some of the best acting of all time comes out and it happened one night. It's one of the, the three movies that have won every major right. award category. So we can't give it that big of a pass. Yeah, if a year later. Season, right? Yeah, so oh, well, it's 1930. Well, camera and breaking fourth wall? Yeah. Is that, is that uh, what you're uh, telling me? My God. And it's, you know what it is? It, we've talked a little bit about this in, in adaptations from play to film. And something has to, there has to be something in between right. that, that says, all right, this is a movie now, and nothing about her performance does that. I, it kind of seems like like small town theater to me at times, where she's so it looks like she's standing on a set on a stage. And it's not. And it's not like she was in the play. Like Annie was in the play. The the woman who sounded like a child was in the play. So like she transitioned. Jane, who is I think the main character in this, and I mm -hmm. do think she has positive points. There's moments. She has moments. But the fourth wall stuff, where there's times where she just. She's staring at the camera, and it's not intentional. It's just, how many takes did you take? Like, why? And like, okay, fine. This is only a few years old, but why are you not more aware of this? And we know what comes two years later, Mutant on the Bounty. This is not a director issue. No. What do you mean when you say it wasn't intentional? Like, I don't think it wasn't done to, like, Deadpool looks at the camera oh, to make a point. Oh, yes, like, yes. It wasn't a part of the story. Right. It wasn't to connect with the audience. Gotcha. I think it was a bad acting yeah, job. It's, it's that, like, if we looked at, at like, Birdman... When Michael Keaton's character is giving his monologue and he talks off to the crowd, it, they're kind of doing that. They definitely right. do it at the end in this. Yes, very. That doesn't much. have a place in in the in film, you know. And I, it and it wasn't done purposefully enough to tell me that that's really what they were going for. Even if it was what they were going for, it just kind of seemed like she couldn't separate the stage performance from the film performance. But that's got to be. It didn't even seem like a Broadway performance. It seemed like she was on, on stage in Cleveland, you know, doing a, doing a, a, a job of, of Cavalcade. And Cavalcade was a, a really elaborate on-stage play. That they almost, it never was revived. That's how elaborate it was. too much. Yeah. So, yeah it, we so, didn't talk about the, the time yeah, marching right. with the, the Cavalcade of horses. From, right. from, from what the time. hell the scene breaks with medieval horses? Like, <laughs> That's the Cavalcade. That is the Cavalcade. But a Cavalcade could be anything, any. Formal march. Yeah, like, so there, it's it the march the of time. Time marching that on. That was like but their the version of a montage kind of thing. Yeah, and it was the reason... Because they nailed it in the World War One part. It was the reason that this play was never revived because on the stage, they would have this giant procession of horses. They'd have three stages set up and this giant procession of horses with hundreds of extras marching across as the time goes. Costly. It's a cool idea and it's like... Obviously, must have, the people who were able to see the play was probably awesome. Yeah, there were people who were able to see the play. Like, holy shit, this is this is this is something else. But they stopped the play because it was too expensive. And then people went to see the movie because the play wasn't right. being being produced anymore. So, and uh, and the, this was filmed in this filmed in California. It's filmed in, yeah, in, in Hollywood. In Hollywood. It also made a lot of money. Well, oh yeah, this movie, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of money at the time. And I mean, you can I can see how you can kind of market this movie. Sure. I mean, they don't pull it off. You didn't dig the, the horses. No, I thought it was silly. I never have a problem with that, actually. Yeah, I, I, I 
kind of liked it, to I be mean, honest. Um, this wasn't a movie about the 1500s, so I don't, it, it didn't work. I remembered not liking it all the first time I saw this years back, but this time around, I kind of thought it had a little bit of, a little bit of quirkiness to I it. I liked the music when the horses were there. Like the transitional, yes, like it felt like that like big, that like too. very regal music. I thought that yeah. was cool. But the horses themselves with like the, the, the women with like the maiden things and like the guys in like yeah, the armor. Not, like not it just, it. like you're, you're taking me from 1901 to 1908. What does Robin Hood have to do with it? Right, yeah. It, I, the music was work. Good. Sorry, Greg. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. You're probably right, but not the worst way to show the passage of time that's, that not, that's not one of the things that really jumped out at me as the main problems before we march forward in time anything else here from this uh this first section uh, i thought that mrs bridges is just painful uh una o'connor playing ellen bridges Poor Annie. that uh ellen. Uh, that cockney voice the and voice so cockney Oof. but like two it like she probably has a normal cockney voice and then she like doubled down like, even in um, and My look, Fair Lady, they would have just been like, see you later. Yeah, and her looks ain't doing her favors either. Uh, Alfred could have done better, tough. I think, is the moral of the story here. Yeah, I mean, Alfred's no, no spring peach himself. <laughs> but, but Alfred's I, entertaining. Yeah, he's, you he's know entertaining. What, you don't know what he was doing down there in the Boer War either. Yeah, or or uh, the late nights at the bar either. Right. You know? <laughs> now, wait, now, was their bar was part of their house? Yeah, they, they were living on the, on the top, top of the bar. bar. Yeah. yeah, okay. I guess that's a recipe for trouble. Also, Robert, <laughs> Robert gave him the money for the bar. I like how the story was, I met a guy in the war who had a bar, but he's going to stay in Africa, so he sold it to me for cheap, and Robert gave me the money. Yeah. Like, that's... Hey, that, that's know. a good deal. The, the way they move the plot with some of these things, like that, like that right. point, yeah. they just kind of like throw it into the... Hey, at least it wasn't, I'm a, you know, we've worked in service our entire life, and now we own a bar. I like, guess otherwise, like, if you're trying to span 33 years with like eight characters, it would be a seven-hour movie. That's the other problem. <laughs> right. You, you got to appreciate the resisted... Temptation of making this a three-hour movie, right? Uh, where I think maybe it came out twenty years later, probably would have been. If this is movies in the fifties, it's probably a three-hour. movie. And this is unwatchable if it hits two hours. I think they could have thrown it. This could have been a year-by-year year history lesson yeah. that would be yeah. been absolutely unwatchable. So I think gaps are a good thing here. Yeah, I I would agree with that too. We march on to the beach scene, and this is where this is where things kind of got a little better for me, as from a, from a viewer standpoint. I, agree. I like the little sand. The, the, pop, the popular people. Yes, the very fam- nice. Famous I, people, nineteen oh nine. Yeah, like any time there's something like that that I, I just know that I would never be able to have the patience to do, you know, in, cr- in crafting sand art. Yeah, honest, yeah, like, just to get the make Teddy Roosevelt out of sand. That's unbelievable. Very but cool I, stuff. I just like it. It felt because that could have been, you know, it's a beach in England. That could have been in Jersey. That could have been in California. That could have been wherever. And yes. I think that was cool about it. Like it, it, it did kind of have that Atlantic City vibe yeah, to it. it yeah, right. Like you, to you know, some taffy and gambling. Like I, I liked how they did. It. I thought that was cool. Yeah, and we didn't mention the the music. So far as you kind of get the uh, the God Save the Queen in the start, mm-hmm. and then we get the typical New Year's song, like, right. May All the Acquaintance Be Forgot. And we also get uh, some wrestling theme music. We get the Macho Man's yeah. theme song, the graduation Absolutely. song. Absolutely. Yeah. I wrote that down. That was one of the yes. first things I wrote down. Fantastic. Uh, Not sure why that fits there, but hey. Yeah, and we get a second wrestler's theme, too. We get the Undertaker's theme during the funeral procession. <laughs> so we have two, two wrestlers. Now, that, and that made me think, why did no wrestler come out to the New Year's theme? You know, may all the acquaintance be forgotten. You know, you had you what had Rick, the gimmick. What well, the I, don't, gimmick I don't know. Rick Flair came out to the you know to, to the, uh, the, the, the two thousand one Space Odyssey. Right, it could work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, whoever yeah, you know, have, like you it. know, have uh, Coco Beware come out to it. You know, who knows? <laughs> you know, it'd be a good tag team. I think. <laughs> right. Uh, the barbershop quartet gimmick. You liked that? You, 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 I like the vaudeville barber. Yeah, I like okay. that. I thought that was fun. Right. I, 
you know what? It didn't. It, it didn't need to be longer than it was. Probably could have, been, but like I thought it worked for what it was. It like, is very odd to see like a serious drama insert these musical numbers into yeah, it. Like breaking, just, they're breaking up the story with these numbers, right? Is that could, what they're doing? I, yeah, I guess they, yeah, they're, right. They're like they're, intermission. Oh, but levity, think, levity, come on. Like, but I up. think it fit because they were giving Fanny the award. So if, you know. That, Agreed, that and it does fit later on too when Fanny, right. so I Fanny's think That's why too. I think that's one of only a few. Uh, this was way too loaded with musical numbers. I think this is one that does work because it also brings them to the beach where, you know, everyone wants to go to the beach wearing a suit. Yeah, the one, the mm-hmm. one that the one that did not fit at all was when Mrs. Marriott is up in the booth on, at the at when the, the stage when they, when they announced the, they Boer, announced war the Boer War ending. That went on way that too long. What was it that? was it was torture. Now, <laughs> like, oh like why God. did you go? It's two years. Your husband's been gone for two years. I assume you're neglecting your children for two years if you can't even get into a play. <laughs> The play was bad. Yeah, that, that then, went on then, way then, too long. Then before the curtain call, the guy's like, ah, it's over! And the place erupts, which you should, we should have cared more about that pop. But we yeah. did it because I think it was just... Like, yeah, the? just kind of do it, do 20 seconds of the play and then move That's on it. from that. It's like going my way. They give you a little bit of uh, Marriage exactly. of Figaro, but they don't give you the whole act of Marriage of Figaro. They just it's give like, you a piece of it. It's yeah. fun. They pick, the, they pick the most fun part of it. Yeah. And then they let you move on from it. Right. Yeah, that we lived in that way too long there. That was, so that was rough. But yeah, the barbershop quartet works. And really, the other musical numbers from here at least make sense in the... In, there's context. There's context, there's context with it. Fanny. I don't and, think... With yeah. the Fanny stuff, but I, just, I don't know... They're not always good, but I do think they work. I, I'll give you... I agree there. I, I, I think the recruitment number is the biggest one that works with her. Yeah, I liked the last one where she's singing the 20th century blues. Because it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it thematically works. worked with the movie, and I, I dug and that. It's and, it was big, like, and it's, again, it's her big break. I think yeah, that's right. Like, she's now becoming the upper crust, like, I think that... Part of the story, at least. Yeah, yeah. And it was a good song, too. I mean, There's that, a story arc too. with her. Let's talk about Edward and Edith here and, mm-hmm. and their romance and... Leading into scene on a certain boat that we will get a reveal as to which boat it is at the end of the. I scene. like their parents. I, 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 I want to. I wanted to ask you this, both of this, both of you this. A, did you know that this scene was coming before the second they saw the tanker ship? I knew they were dying on the Titanic. Okay, did, no, no. Okay, no. so did you know the Titanic was in this movie? Because no. I think I might have mentioned it. At I, knew it where, I knew okay. it was. I knew it was because I knew right. there was a connection so you, to so, another. So you truly got hit with the reveal of them walking away. Yeah, did now you, it did seems you, obvious. Did you laugh? Or did you I like, laughed. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a little goofy, like, oh. Yeah. Well, uh, the way they do it is just And so, it looks like they're on this, like, tiny little, like, yacht. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I thought they were they like also fucked yacht. up the port of call for Titanic. They put uh, Southampton. It's not Southampton. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they fuck it up. Which I thought was hysterical. But it's again, it's funny because that's like, oh, a love story on the Titanic. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I knew because I knew that there was a connection 60, to Titanic. And I was like, clearly. Later. So the second I saw the boat, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, you put the pieces together. I was together. like, Edward's dead. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I saw that, I was just like, boy, talk about melodrama here. Like, let's have a, let's have a character just randomly die on the Titanic because they're on their honeymoon. So within this movie, they touch on like the alcoholism, which is in a lot of best picture winners mm-hmm. the war you know wars are and then the titanic which is a, a best picture like they get close to like right hitting on these things yeah and they just fucking swing and but miss every time they do weird shit like the titanic listen they clearly don't have the budget to do a titanic sinking <laughs> no. so like but it's just kind of like they're making out on the titanic and then it's 16 months later and it's like oh world war one's gonna be well, they're not called world war one the great war is gonna be three months because oh. no economies can handle Did it you, care at all as a viewer that those two died? No. 
Yeah, I did. No, I want to. I want to ask you this: if which is the problem? If um, Frank Lloyd's ghost came back today, and the first thing it hits him is like, "Well, you know what? Um, one of the most uh, iconic Best Picture winners ever has two people making out on the Titanic," and he goes, "Yes, <laughs> Cavalcade has stood the test of time." Yeah. Like, ah, I'm gonna stop you right there. There is another movie made called Titanic where that's uh, that's kind of a bigger deal. Where now, they got the port of call right. Yeah. <laughs> now there is a connection between those two. Also, is in both movies on the Titanic, Johann Strauss's "The Blue Danube." I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Blue Danube plays. Yeah. Um, that's and uh, that's been in a bunch of movies. It's a very popular song. It's in 2001: A Space Odyssey. We're talking about that again, but and and in a bunch of other things too. It's also in Grand Hotel, which is another Best Picture winner. As well, everyone knows that song. Yeah, that, it's a, that yeah, tune. but yeah. having that play on the oh, on the Titanic, Titanic, both movies is kind of cool. They, with the scene of them, die, they don't. I mean, obviously, we know they died because they were on the Titanic. But I think the only time they mention it is is it Robert or Joey who is just like, oh, I wish he never drowned. During, at some point when they're at when they're so, arguing uh, each other. So we're at the next scene, and when Joey says he's going to join the military, yes, yes, and Jane's like, no, and he's like, I wish Joey never drowned. Then I'd be able to join no, the military. Joey, Joey, uh, Edward, I wish yeah. Edward never Edward, drowned. I wish Edward and then never drowned. It's, you're they, you're giving it too much credit with that. <laughs> I mean, first of all, like. The scene ends. They show the Titanic. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, Titanic. <laughs> and this time around, actually, kind of like that. And I do like that scene of the two of them on there. I liked the dialogue between well, oh, them. Sure. Like, yeah, that, that, those two are good there. That's something that could work, obviously. Right. It worked. <laughs> exactly. You know, no, and I mean, dollars in they, they, they do a good yeah. job. And, and in picking out a quote in this movie was not easy because there was not a whole lot that was all that quotable. Uh, oh. But to, to me, that was mine there. If if a magician appeared in front of us and asked us to count every accurately count every fish in the ocean, or we'd plummet to the depths, it was just so like wow, that's like a pretty heavy line there. Uh, would we be able to do it? And I think he's like, well, then I, I guess we'd probably be dead. Uh, but I, I kind of thought that that was like the most clever piece of dialogue in this in this movie. I think the guy, the, the actor who played Edward, I think he actually, you know, going back to that scene when they're at. Um, the Bridges house, like, I think he's kind of funny there, making fun of Annie's husband, who's, you know, a jackass. And then at the beach scene, like, he's all right when, like, him and yeah, Edith are... Like, I, fine. I, I he didn't really have much. No, but for, like, what he did, I thought he, like, he was way better than Joey. Well, okay, so now we'll just do this then. Joey. Okay, so I... What a creep! I mean, listen, so I kind of... They, they show the Titanic reveal... Mm-hmm. And then they go to the next scene. I'm like, wow, I really 16 like... 16 months later. I like that. I liked that. Okay. I like how we don't go to the, to the mom grieving all of a sudden. And them saying, oh my God, the Titanic is terrible. I don't think they could have handled that. They just, let's, let's just, let's let, let's let the crowd infer that. You know, right. that going, that's fun. It's like, all right, wow, this is nice. They're, they're, not, they're not doing what I would expect them to do here and just overtell this. And then we get into the scene here with grown-up Joey, who is, again, just not a good actor. <laughs> and, oh, what Hello. a shame. At least... It's, it's such a shame that Edward drowned on the Titanic. Yes. It's like, God, he, says, dude. I, he says, I wish he never, I wish he yeah. never drowned. There's, there's, I, wish he, I wish Edward didn't drown. And then again, later on in the movie, well, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's evening up being uh, Edward drowning on the Titanic at all. It's like, oh, God, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, what, there's in one. case we didn't get it the first time. In yeah. case we didn't see that giant raft they didn't with let the Titanic this, on it. They didn't it. let the subtlety go where, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. We didn't need to see England grieving after the Titanic. Like, I'm okay with yeah. that because... 
One, I don't think the actors could have handled it. Mm. And two, let's let the movie kind of go along. Like, let's, all right, now we're getting to World War One, like a big, the Great War. Is it like, is like the script writer there, like, is he like not confident that the audience didn't has pick up that. that they died? Not, like, this it, is a trusting of the audience issue. I think. You know, they, they don't have phones in 1933 that they're looking down at and they couldn't read the Titanic. Like, it's not like, I, I don't. That's really you I have to have more confidence in that. I think you're right in saying that it's good to uh, you know you don't have to jam it down everyone's throats, let people figure it out, kind of thing. You got to address it at some point, though, right? Or because then sure, yes. how you do it, I want, think matters. We want we want Jane to be the main character, and right. if we don't address her son dying on the Titanic, we're not going to care about. But it. I think yeah, there's a she, better. I think there's a better way than oh, I wish she didn't drown. Yeah, like, but she doesn't even really address it. it, it they do it through she, Joey, right. which is again, I kind of like that too. She addresses, but Joey it does it so he just does right. it so poorly. Like he's I would have wanted her to say, like if she said something like. He's mind reading. If she, I can't lose a second son. I can't do like something like that. I think yeah. it's then effective because then, you know, it's not heavy handed with the grief, but like, hey, like we're dealing with complex emotions here instead of because I, you know, I think the the economic issue of war was actually an interesting discussion. Like, oh, you know, Europe can't handle a war. Like, I they, thought that was fine. It's another thing. The good thing they touch. Oh yeah. yeah, talk about a big cold take. You know, oh, this, <laughs> three months. This this war is that Germany can't afford a war. Yeah. That that that's not, that I mean, statement did not age well. <laughs> yeah, well, they had no problem in World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> another that was uh, that was Robert. Right? Yeah, that was yeah, Robert. Yeah yeah, 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 big big cold take yeah. here. Another, yeah, another three months at most. <laughs> another swing and miss by Robert. Yeah, Robert has a lot. <laughs> yeah, Joey is is pretty brutal in this one. He does have some moments where he gets out of the line reading stages and, and has yeah, a character a little bit. I think bit. he has one good scene in the future, but now we go to the reconnection with Fanny and the stalker. Yes, yeah, and and Are you calling I him the stalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that like his, I, I do. I did get a little bit of a kick out of him, like oh, I'll surprise her in the dressing room, and then she gets she's in 15. there. She's well, yeah. I mean, I, I I just learned this tonight, but well, the actress was twenty five. Okay, yeah, but so Fanny, was, who was a newborn in night, I'm going to surprise her in the dressing. room, Pays off that old guy that yeah. tells him where the dressing room is. Very not 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 professional. Not but he's like, all right, I'm gonna hide and surprise in the dressing room. Then she starts taking his clothes off, and he's instantly like, "Ooh, this is not a good idea. I gotta get out of here. This is I'm I'm probably break, I'm breaking the law here." <laughs> and I think there, they kind of, it's another hard thing to catch. But they talk about like social class there, right? Yes. Where she, they won't. They match get into it more because, later. Yeah. The set when with the second go around when they pretty much get you know fake engaged. That's when they really get into the class stuff because that's when. Ellen and Jane get into it. But that's what I'm right. trying to figure out is that she is of higher class. No, she's lower. As she's a... service. So even though she's coming up as and an she... adult, she grew up in service to him. I mean, her okay. his, Joey's dad's a fucking knight. I know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That wasn't he, clear to me. No, no. She's they, the talented. But, but family-wise, he is the higher okay. class. So in class systems, it doesn't matter that she's now moving up. While, I mean, he's still at Oxford. Like, he's still... Right. He's going to be rich if he lives. Then there's England's being bombed. So it's January 1915. I went the first Zeppelin air raid by Germany is January 1915. So Fanny's 15, Joey's about 20 there. If your city was being bombed, would you run to the roof and look at it like it was fireworks on 4th of July? <laughs> well, you know, they never let Joey see 
New Year's Eve or like <laughs> or or his father going away. Well, he his had mom cold is, yeah, <laughs> He would have got all excited. So I guess he got excited by this, you know? Like uh, geez, but even his dad's going away uh, on a ship. They can't let him go to that. The right. dad had to beg the mom to have him to change of a millennium on New Year's Eve. How old was the kid? He can't, well, he, can't, he can't stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve. Right. It's, it's absurd. So, yeah. So, now the city's being bombed. He's like, huh, screw this. I'm getting a first row seat. <laughs> and, I mean, they're both – well, she was the one. He was like, oh, we should get – and she's like, no, let's go to the roof. And, you know, he goes because he's pathetic. And they were looking at it like it was fireworks. And this, their city's being bombed while at war, and he's in the military. <laughs> right, they're not they're, quite sure as to what, like, when they writing that scene, they're not right, quite sure like, what they're supposed to be. Like, Greg, one of the first things you said at the beginning is there was no stakes. And I think this is one of the biggest points in the movie where that is so... They couldn't eat... When there are natural stakes, there is a war. A city is being bombed, people are being killed, and they can't make it serious enough. I mean, that makes the movie fall apart. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, two things here. The bombing scene, mm-hmm. I thought... For the time, was filmed Look, incredible. Awesome, yeah, very really, cool. Really shot well. The acting was bad. Visually, was really was well done. Way better than I expected it to be. And the montage that they go on for World Fucking War One after that is yes, the best part montage. of this movie. Okay, so, and I would imagine montages were not a, a, so, a thing. And I, I, I love that each. So they're singing "Long Way to Tipperary," right? So they start 1916. The most of the overlap is on the marching and. By the time you get to 1918, it's just dying. It's death, and it gets more intense each year. I think that was really, really cool without turning World War One into an hour-long thing that they couldn't have handled. I think they made it 10 minutes, and I think they nailed it. They yeah. handled that well. Yeah, it, it, it was great. So both of those kind of back-to-back. Joe, you said it. It's They knew what they were capable of doing and equipped to do, mm-hmm. and that little touch of montage and you know there's, there's some overacting from some of the soldiers oh! you know like but, but that was a thing it worked it worked and i think that in, in the very start of this episode we're talking about frank lloyd and and two years later he'd do mutant the bounty and, and mutant the bounty in many ways is so much different, different. it's night and day with you know mm-hmm. it, it gets you going right away every moment is big but that's a real big pro- i think that the vision is there with this movie i think he he saw what he wanted to do, and he had this big scope, and he just couldn't quite pull it off right. with what he was doing. And I think he was able to do that two years later with Mutiny on the Bounty. When you see the World War One montage, and you know, you think if it's like, oh man, what, what if he did have a Clark Gable or a Lawton? Like, what could this movie have been? Where maybe, <laughs> yeah. the, listen, the camera work's not there. They they had a lot of trouble with lighting. Like, we're not whatever. Like, we're not going to just beat them up to beat them up. But, you know, the World War One scene, it's like, okay. The, the Zeppelin scene, it's like, this guy knows what he's doing. The huge difference between this and Bounty, you cared about Bly and Fletcher, they just happened to be on a ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's, sure. that's, the, that's, the, that's the difference. Yeah, and I do want to say, too, if we take the bombing scene and that little montage scene, and there's a montage scene in the end that, that I liked, too, I thought the camera work was one of the best parts of this movie. And uh, the cinematographer, John Seitz, who has come up before, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. He would go on to do a ton of work. He would go on to get nominated for seven Oscars, including The Lost Weekend. Uh, He was the cinematographer. We raved about him and his work in that movie. I was on that episode, but fantastic job, sir. Yeah, he, he, (laughs) I mean, he, he crushed the filming of that movie. And he would, 
he would tack on with Billy Wilder. He would do... Um, Billy Wilder's fucking awesome. That's right, as Artie, Artie B has been known to say. You want to die with a drinking game? Every time Artie <laughs> says Billy Wilder is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he would work with Billy Wilder with Double Indemnity and Sunset Boulevard. So also with oh, he those, did Sunset and, Boulevard too? Yeah, so he's wow. been with some great ones. Also, uh, in that episode, we talked about A Place in the Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, we talked about that in the uh, uh, American in Paris episode. American Paris. He he filmed that one too. Right. He was the uh, director of photography there. And A Christmas Carol, 1938. Oh. And a, and a Best Picture winner that me and you, Joey, covered as well. And you've mentioned it today. It's Going My Way. He was a cinematographer Going My Way. It's quite the resume. Yeah, and the seven, his seven nominees were Divine Lady, Five Graves to Cairo, Double Indemnity, Lost Weekend, Sunset Boulevard, When Worlds wow. Collide. All right. And Rogue Cop. So, did not win one, though, unfortunately. Seven nominated, didn't take one. When, when you see the World War I scene, you know there's just talent. Yeah, right. And, and he, was probably, he was probably rolling his eyes doing some of those, some of those stage act scenes. It's, it's and, tough. It, it, it's t- especially early on, some of the scenes are so tough. I'm sure if we really sit down and think about it, these movies that, when they're small, they're, they look so good. When they get big, they fall apart. And this is the exact opposite. You know, even with like that funeral procession scene, there were some decent shots off of that yeah. too. You I really know? Like you could the see shots the camera there. work was there. So, how many right. years into the best picture are we with 1933? About uh, a decade, two decades? Four or five. Four. Yeah, four or five this, this years. Is the fourth, this is the fourth, or the fourth year. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's the fourth, this is the fourth year. year. All right, so around that time, I'm assuming, I mean, there was a lot of people on screen at certain times in this movie, which jumped oh, yeah. out of oh, uh-huh. That's a, it was a huge amount of people just. On script, uh, that to me was impressive, which is yeah. what you're saying. Like, the, yeah. the, you know, even the, the, the scene with the boat, or which the... I was making fun of before, and I'll still make fun of it because it's just, that's how people are going to war. They're like singing and well, dancing. Actually, <laughs> but, but that was from as... real pictures of that war. Well, is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Frank we Lloyd went, so there you go. He <laughs> found <laughs> actual historical of them going to the We don't have to talk about the English, uh, the 27th century <laughs> military record, I guess. But they get them out. They had a little trouble getting them home at Dunkirk. But, <laughs> yeah. but Now, Dunkirk. Can we talk about Dunkirk for the right. next hour? Yeah. <laughs> Joey comes back from his first stint at World War One. He's on leave. Robert went to World War One too. Yeah. Robert also, went, he, say two. Yeah, also, but Robert was in a very high position, though. He was which, talking about, like, oh, well, we're thinking about putting troops here. But okay. they're like, I don't he, think he was here. He's a strategist part. of this. Yeah, he, yeah. Which I think is Joey's only good scene when he gets off the train and goes sees his dad. With his dad. I yeah. think that is... I, I did like the scene with him and his mom. They kissed right? on the lips, so I was out. Uh, okay, well, of the time. <laughs> of the time. But, but there's, again, with the camera work... That was, to me, was probably the best straight shot of the movie was him and his mom saying goodbye and his mom seeing him and him getting fading away with the train and getting smaller and smaller out of sight and then going to her face and then she did a nice right. job I of emoting I thought she was there. very good in that. She, she I was think great she in that was scene. best in that. I think that's one of her better scenes because it was kind of a callback to when he left for the second Boer War, and now it's her son. Like, I, yeah. and her husband's already that there. That was... I, I, I thought I, that was really She was good, good there. I think Joey's she's, best scene was with the dad. She's much better later on in the movie, and maybe there was... Because her grief matures as the movie goes on. I think the, she's good. If she wasn't looking at you, I think she has really strong moments. I think that's one of her best. Yeah, her, where she struggles is when she's talking. <laughs> when she's asked to like, say fine. lines she has her moments in this movie she listen in a movie that you know doesn't have stakes she does bear the emotional load 
No other yeah. character has to deal with emotions, really. I wish my brother didn't drown is not dealing with emotional she's loaded and given acting more, sense. You know, She's given more towards the end, too, which I think... Absolutely. Helps. Yes, and, Absolutely. and yeah, and came so. through in the end. I yeah, did, like, I I did if, like her in the second half. I don't know yeah. if it's on the character, if it's on her, it's a combination of both. It's hard, hard to tell with these things. True. A nitpick, you know, why not? You know, if we've been nitpicking this whole thing, but... So if his dad is such a hot shot position here within the ranks, why is his son put in a position where he's going to, to die right before the world ends? Uh, sorry, right before the war ends. Right, they, there's an armistice, and then they get the notice that he's... Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's war. Anyone could die at any time, right. and they don't really go into how or why. But, like, you'd think that he would... Nearing the end Have of the war, position. he'd be able to at least put him in a safer spot. I mean, it's another story they could have told... Yeah, that I would actually be interested in that. Yeah, that actually is, again, I think I, I think Joey is really bad in this, and I think that's by <laughs> far his best with his dad. I thought that was really, like, um, yes, he was. that was a good scene. The dad was good in that scene, too. He was fine. Um, he's kind of sack-bunting this whole movie. Like, it's right. not really yeah, put, he's not put in any position. supposed to be one of the main... The dad's, yeah. step, the dad's stepping into pitches. He's not yeah, even putting the back he's not, down. Yeah, there's not a lot of... He's <laughs> really not... He's really not... He's good. inconsequential, unfortunately. And that should have been a good role. We'll get him during uh, awards. We'll <laughs> <him>. Yes, we <laughs> will. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Okay. Joey doesn't make it home. You, you talked a little bit about that scene between Mrs. Bridges and, yeah. and Mrs. Marriott. I don't think we need to go into it too much more. I, I did like when um, Jane is like, well, standing in some sort of trouble. I like because it's pre-code. So they're, yeah. they're hinting at the pregnancy yeah. shit. So I like that. And, uh, God, I think that if this movie was during the code, it would be even worse. <laughs> I don't think you can make this movie yeah. during the code. Well, because, well you could. You, you could. Not but the, you but even, anything, you know, you know, so they say damn and hell a lot, which was big right. back then. And... You know, this is as the code's coming up, and they said, like... They oh, kind like, of eliminated that stuff. That but they were like, oh, we're worried that this is going to get... I, I well, her, she wouldn't have, they wouldn't have had the scene with her taking her clothes off in the Yeah, the stalking would have went away, you're right. Um, <laughs> but, so they're worried about the code. So, um, so the Hayes Code with the words damn and hell, and that they were worried it would make a bad precedent. Fox president, who was Cindy Kennedy at the time, was quoted saying that the mild profanity... Could not offend any person. And after all, that was the real purpose of the code. And as far as the use creating a precedent which might be followed by other producers is concerned, the best answer would be that anyone who could make a picture as good as Cavalcade might be justified in following the precedent. Well, mm. all right. I don't know why, like, the mom decides to deliver the message of her son's death with, like, a cliffhanger. Like, well, you're not going to have to worry about the, the <laughs> wedding anymore. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You know, I was like, what is she, like, all of a sudden she's Ryan Seacrest, yeah. like, with the right. opening the envelope, and then does, like, such a terrible fall. <laughs> That's I mean, how I fall to make God. my son laugh. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, geez. Like, I, I think that like, there's many moments of this movie that, like, a high school production could have gotten better. I mean, it, it yeah. just, it looked, it looked weak with that. But, okay, so that aside, this part of the movie where you have the Marriott's as an older couple. Okay. Okay, wait, hold on. It's 1918. Joey's dead. The war's over. Okay. What is the purpose of going to 1932 here except you want to end at 1933? Okay. So I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to... Here's... I'm going to... I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with you, but I'm going to give reason why I... Please. Yeah. I really am curious. Okay. I'm not... I just don't understand. Because I thought looking at the remnants of what they had left versus what they had and, what, and what the, the path... Death. No, just what the path of history left them at... 
I thought, and I, got, I, I guess that you didn't feel this too. This was the only part of the movie where I felt anything. Where, See, you know, you're okay. saying like they, did, they didn't make us care. But like, mm-hmm. I looked at an older couple who lost both their sons. Forget about the extremely historical and melodramatic reasons they lost both their sons. I thought they were both good there. And I looked at that and was like, ah, oh, you know, that, that sucks. Like, that sucks. Like, imagine being in that situation where, you know, here we are. We're both perfectly healthy. We're both, you know, right. we're, we're aging. But we had two. Yeah, we lost two adult sons. And here we are. But we're just, you know, we're still together. And they kind of have that, you know, all these years. Here we are still. I, I liked that moment. They kind of looked beaten down. And, but so. yeah, okay. if, you ended, if you ended with Mrs. Marriott... In the streets, mm-hmm. doing New Year's, you know, you know, swinging the noisemaker, which is a good scene too. I like sure. that. I like that scene. She was good there. That I thought that was one of her best moments. I agree um, because they asked a lot of her in that scene, and, and she delivered again. She wasn't talking. Her, her issues are when she's delivering paragraphs. Yeah. She's good when with facials. She, she's good with facials and reacting. I wonder if she was a sound movie star too. I that, uh, yeah, I bet you she was. Okay, you. So I think that's actually a really good explanation, and I, I you have turned me on the explanation of it. What were the blind guys with the braille and the basket weaving? I, I don't know, Joe. <laughs> were they, I'm guessing. I thought this is what I took out again, and I'm just this is just a reaction. I didn't look it up or anything. I thought maybe they were soldiers who were disabled coming that, back that's to the war. The they only were, thing they I, looked blind, right? They're they definitely blind? blind. Yeah. So I thought they I must spent they, a lot of time trying to figure out like where that fit in, and that that was the only thought. Okay, so I it, think we're all on the same page there. Yeah, I think that okay. it was just kind of it was showing. More Sean. remnants yeah, of the d- war. Yeah, d- disabled, okay. like what like, the war disabled see, life people. is hard. Like what, what I will things? buy into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, because I, I had a hard time with that. I was just like, yeah. And you know they, what? I wouldn't have brought it up if you didn't mention it because I think it was kind of one of those like I just moved on. It's I, like, what is this? I don't care. Move on. I want. <laughs> I think you know what? And maybe because we just watched at that point, you're an hour and forty minutes yeah. into a movie, and that, it was right after like a montage anyway. So it's like you right. Know, but yeah. we're we're at this point in the movie, and I haven't really cared about any of these people right. so i think yeah. i see these now blind guys i really wanted to care about them and i think yeah. that's yeah. why it, it left me hanging and i felt very unfulfilled by part it. of the time jump too is they obviously trying to show or it seems obvious that they're trying to show the importance of their new year's thing yes so doing it years away and showing that they're still doing it is like i guess that's okay they're trying to bookend it with that they're yeah. still, still doing, doing their thing despite and all the tragedy yeah. okay and I like the new year's was the two of them on new year's in a much Different. Yeah, you, you, you started okay. them you started them on New Year's kind of I before like the, the shit went part. down. Just, you end them on New Year's after the shit went just down. Why the you book ended. Okay. Yes. Right. You guys convinced me. I think those are good discussion points. And, and, and I did I that move that point of the movie did make me take a step back and, and feel a little bit. And I was like, ah, you know, granted, you know, this was very manufactured for the sake of a movie, but like I just if you take their situation and put yourself in a situation, that's that's the a montages lot. aren't bad. In this no, movie. no, really yeah. not. There are ideas in this movie, and there are moments yeah, of it's right there. Uh, where it's it is there. There is something good within yeah. this movie. It's almost there. They're, they and I think we've said it. This movie's not all bad. It's no. really not all bad. This isn't 100%. just like a, a waste of time just, heap of garbage. No. Like it's a you can tell it's a it's a very good director yes. and a brilliant cinematographer. There's no cast here. I, There's the no, actors. The acting is not good. The acting is not good. I, I think, and I, I think Greg's brought it up a couple times. Brought it up a couple times. They're kind of half pregnant with some ideas where mm-hmm. they have. They have clearly. They have thoughts. And w- listen, Union on the Bounty two years later is fantastic. And if you've listened to that episode, I mean, Karen gives it the triple fives. I mean, we're not. Yeah. Like this, Fives. and I, I don't think that's inappropriate. Like I, I was yeah. bored with it's you. Great movies. Uh, 
Frank Lloyd's capability is there. The cinematographer who we talked about, capability through the roof. There are ideas that they just don't follow through with. Like, show us the World War One where he ends up. Show us these things that just kind of get mentioned briefly and lost. Sure. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that you need to look at with this cast, too, is, and Joe, we, we talked about uh, Herbert Munden, who was in Beauty and the Bounty, also Great, he played. Yeah, Bounty. yeah, but what was his role in Beauty and the Bounty? Because he's the best actor in this movie. By far. And he's in Beauty and the Bounty, he's... He's like a pinch hitter. He's like so like he was the this is like he was yeah, the and this movies. is like that lineup where your two your three hitter right. is is really a guy on a good team who would be a, a bench player. And that's, that's and that's what he, and that's what this movie is. This they didn't have the cast to make no. this movie work. When your best actor is is a he's I the mean, comic relief. In, he is in, the hard comic relief. Right. And I think he's great. I think he's great in this. I think yes, great in that in the role he played, but. I mean, we were laughing about him, and he was fun. And when he was getting carried off by the native women, that was hysterical. But I'd like to see—I'd like to see Cavalcade with a great cast. Me too. I'd like to see what it was. I still don't think it would be like a wonderfully remembered movie. As you mentioned it with with what they were trying to do here, yeah. it's just that just not—it's not going to hold up. You almost got to change the whole. It, it's to make this a good or a very good movie it's it's changing so much of it yeah. it's not even recognizable yeah. it's a totally different movie you need to commit yeah. to things that I mean, they're you, not willing you, to commit yeah, to you could do the whole concept of the historical implications right. and all that stuff but you've really got to it's, you know what the reality is I'd much rather sit and watch Forrest Gump and Titanic on a Saturday back to back and have a great Saturday I, than I, watch this reimagined I think that's what makes awards really hard in this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> true really difficult because you can't, and we'll talk about it in the recasting, but like, what would recasting do to this? Oh, movie? I have a. I, I'm not sure. I, I happy think with my, I, my answer is I think would do a lot, I and I, and I think and I just look at I go to that Alfred Bridges character, and you see a guy who's a good actor, but in a movie like yeah. Mutant and the he's Bounty, not a star. he's not the he's not the fifth. You know, he's probably the fifth or sixth best guy in right. the mix, and he does not doesn't have a big probably role. about five, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and in a movie like this where he's kind of he stands out because he's the only guy who really is a film actor. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's tricky. It's he tricky. should stay that like his role was good, but Robert and Jane should have been the powerhouses. This movie would have, in my opinion, this movie would have been significantly better with a powerhouse cast, and that that wasn't there. I, I don't, don't think, think it's great. I don't think no, it can be. Yeah, great. Probably not. Nope. Okay, so before we get to uh, our recommendations of the awards, I do have a couple Twitter questions. Yes. Uh-oh. For Cavalcade, Ooh. I wasn't sure that we'd get any for all Cavalcade, but we have them. This, that's why our that's why our listeners are fantastic. That's they it. Never and, disappoint. And uh, this is a good time to remind anyone: follow us on our social media accounts at Best Picture Cast Grant Z who you may have heard of this, on this podcast before. He runs our Facebook page. Wonderful. Uh, him and myself uh, both kind of tag team the, uh, the Instagram account. We have some fun over there. It's a little different than some of the other ones. But, uh, and then the Twitter is where we're the most active. That's, that's me. So if you're, if you're DMing or, or atting us, you're getting to me. And uh, I always respond. So you can, uh, you can hit us up there. We have some fun on Twitter. We've had the nice polls and tournaments, and there's always a lot going on. So and some and, great ones coming. Yeah, in each episode, we give yeah. an opportunity for you to ask a question. You know, we, we shout you out on the episode if you, if you ask something, and we'll do our best to answer them. And uh, our free, frequent flyer here, Kathy Short. Kathy's Corner. Kathy's Corner. She has a question ready to go here, and uh, it's uh, a heavy uh, historical one here, Joe. Are you ready uh, for this one? I think uh, I think Joey really kind of hit the books to make sure he can answer this one right. <laughs> you got to study. Yes. Catherine Short, at Kathy underscore Short, writes, 
Do you think that the films from the 1930s were able to assess the impact of World War I in a more challenging, complex manner than all of the World War II propaganda films that were to come? So, a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> I think the problem is if you're looking at the propaganda films, they're already done for you, right? Yeah. I, I mean, listen. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's going into it. I think, does this really hit the after effects and the impact of World War I, though? Because, okay, so we think that the blind guys are from the war, right? Right. And then we're 14 years later when this very, still very rich family is just kind of sad on New Year's. Yeah. So is and, that really the impact of... Well, I would... Let me look at it this way, though. It, this is a World War I movie, right? It seems to be a war yeah. movie. It's, it's a war it's, movie. It's a context of World War I. Yeah. That's now... What... World War II hasn't happened yet. No. And I think therein lies the answer to, to Kathy's question is, is that all the World War II films that were made had both wars in context. Right. And propaganda films became a thing through the whole Nazi Germany thing. Like there, was, there was some counteracting there. It kind of – there was a little bit of a trend that hit. And I don't think that that was as present early on. So I think some of the some of the World War One films were a little bit I don't know if naive is the word, but they were just a little innocent to to what to what those the films later scale. on would. Yeah. I think even talking about like the economy, because I was look so I was looking at World War. I saw Kathy's question, so I was looking at World War One movies, and all the World War One movies that I like or think are more interesting on the impact come out well later. Yeah, well, I mean, there's one that we'll cover in All Quiet right. on the Western Front. Lawrence of Arabia. World War I is, is an interesting war, and it's one that we haven't had covered the way World War II has been well, covered as far as... historically, as... I mean, there's not that many years in existence where World War I existed and World War II didn't. Yeah, right. Well, and, and right, right. Like, World War II changed the world in a way that World War I right. did not. It changed the map of the globe. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Changed, yeah. Like, changed, the amount of everything in, right. this, in the, the world, and I don't think World War One. I, I mean, I, look, I, I downplay like people going to World War One. Sure, vicious war, obviously, but it didn't. Uh, it obviously didn't didn't change. The, it didn't change the, the, the world. world like World it, War Two did. It, it set the stage for World War Two. Exactly, exactly. Not to minimize it, but that is, yeah. if we're looking historically at it, it set a stage for what came twenty years later. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that there is going to naturally be a charm to a movie that was made before World War II happened about World War I because there's such a small window there. Right. A movie maker's mind who does, doesn't have a concept of what World War II is is just not a thing anymore. And, we, and World War II has been done – I mean every decade there's World War II movies. Sure. You know, so I mean you, you go to – I read a lot of books, so I go to Barnes & Noble a lot. Every month when you walk in there, that front thing that says new books, there's always a World War II book there. Yeah. A new, a new one, in quote, because, you know, they're telling a lot of the same stories. But, you know, it's being rewritten. It's, it's very prescient in our minds. Always. Well, I mean, World War I was what it start between uh, Austria and Serbia. Like those are yeah. the, the, the Austria, main, It started like, with the assassination the of the Austrians. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of. Right. Uh, there's uh, just less stories to tell about. Or entertainment. Um, <laughs> Yes, from, right, the, I, from that. I mean, I let's be so. honest. It got overshadowed by the biggest sequel of all time. <laughs> World War II. Okay, so another question here is from Gabe Guarin. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's at Gabe the Joker on Twitter. And Gabe writes, what made this movie so appealing in 1933? Why do you think... Great question. Why do you th- <laughs> and why do you think people have turned against it over time? 
Uh, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit so far, but I, I think to sum it up, everything we just said about the World Wars kind of counts is like all of the events that happened were fresh. I mean, the Titanic going down. Mm-hmm. So that's fresh. People knew what the Boer War was back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact that the play was discontinued and had a lot of buzz and that people wanted to go check it out on, on the big screen. You know what the other thing I was thinking when if say Joey or Edward was played by a young actor who then goes on and in the forties is just crushing it. I think the fact that there's nothing like, oh, this is this guy's first film, this is this person's first. I think with the you know, said Frank Lloyd, cinematographer, there's that one, but I think just they, they overshadow that. Could, I think there's yeah. no connection to a bigger story. The scope of it, I would assume, drew a lot of people to it yep. initially and then I mean, I hate to say this, like, generic term. It just doesn't really hold up to what came next. Right. And it goes back to the idea yeah. that, yeah, right, it doesn't hold up. Yeah, it's missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah. It's like, had had this, then you throw in what happens in World War II next, now you have, hey, maybe they should have a sequel, Cavalcade 2. That's right. <laughs> the cavalcading. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, make it a whole universe. <laughs> yeah. And the why Cavalcade have, uh, cinematic universe. Why have people turned on it? Um, I just don't think people know about it to even turn on it. Are people turning on it? Like, is that a thing that's happening? It's, it is a quick pick for worst Best Picture winner by a lot Over of people. Over a broad by a lot of people. Um, I, Again, I don't know. I've just heard buzz, okay. and that seems to kind of be it. To me, I don't... I didn't think that you watch the same two movies if you think that this is worse than Broadway Melody. I mean, mm. I, just, I just don't see any value in the Broadway Melody. It's totally... It's totally a movie that was made to show off the fact that sound is now in movies. Right. And that totally doesn't hold up. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Right. But this one, I mean, I think that it's talking about a lot of events that's context changed with World War II that 100 years, almost 100 years later, it's for the same reason right now. If they made, if they had a movie from, yeah, from 1999 to 2030 and then showed it to audiences 100 years later, would they care? Would they care about Y2K? Would they care about 9-11 the way we care about it now? Would they care about the, the wars that were fought or, or what we went through in 2020? I don't know. Maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. We don't know the context yet. And they didn't know the context then. But this movie seems to be a movie that was played for the time now, played in the now. And they didn't necessarily care about how it would be viewed 90 years later. And here we are 90 years, years later viewing it. And, you know. You know, but listen. So at the end of this, our goal is to get a ranking. That's why we're doing the seasons. That's why we're doing that 15 at a time. And we're going to be going to those rankings right. to discuss them in a little bit. But, but yeah. you know, going into that, I haven't seen all 92 of these by the time we're done with this. It'll be 93, 94, whatever it is. If we like, can twist your arm into watching Broadway Melody. I will watch everything. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I can't see this being 94 or 92. Like, there, some... there's too much, there's too much, it has its, I mean, we've, you've heard us talk about it for the last how, an hour and a half. There are good parts of it where it can't be the worst, I don't think. Well, I mean, somebody's got to be 89 and 90 and 91 and 92. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right, and that's fair. This is a well, competition I'll, it's up against. I'll hold my oh, hand. 1932. <laughs> I'll hold my hand till we get to that section of the awards. But I mean, I think I'm, putting that that I'm putting it towards the end, but I'm just saying I can't see it being yeah. the last one. Right. And I know that, uh, talking of Catherine Short, I know that she thinks fondly of this movie. and I do think that there's value within this movie. Sure. Um, and Frank Lloyd brings value on its own. Right. And, and that's I, that, that can't yeah. be dropped. Yeah. There's, there, there, are, there are some, there are some talented people Listen, behind the scenes if here. If nothing else... The Zeppelin through World War One stuff is very good, shot. and I don't think that 
That that is important. Remember in sports camps when back in the day they would give out awards and like they would give the hustle award yes. out to somebody. Like this gets the hustle award. Right. <laughs> like, it's fucking, fucking terrible. It's not going anywhere. But I tried really hard. So here's your award. I'm not gonna put you in the lineup, but I'll give you a plaque at the end of the year. How does that sound? You get the spirit award. So before we do the BPC awards, where we kind of hash this movie out and decide who uh, deserves to be recognized for both positive and negative. We've done this, uh, this segment here that we've added recently on uh, movie recommends. So we kind of, uh, we say if you've seen Cavalcade and you liked Cavalcade, here's a movie that we recommend. Or maybe you watched Cavalcade, which is going to be mine. If you watch Cavalcade and you're a little confused at what you saw, maybe this is what you should watch next. I, l- I let you guys kind of make the connection however you want to do it. It can be either very closely or very loose, however you want to do it. So... Uh, Joe, are you going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So, um, I kind of oh, changed I'm excited my... for this. <laughs> so, first, I started where I was kind of being a dick, where I was like, all right, if you like all this, right. you're just going to like weird shit. And I was you're gonna just going to rec- like terrible movies. <laughs> and I was going to recommend Sorry to Bother You, which is a movie I'd recently seen, which has a really good, interesting twist. It's a super dark, bizarre movie, which I was going to recommend anyway, but then I was like, no, let me find actual connections. Okay. But I do recommend Sorry to Bother so You. So Sorry to Bother You doesn't really have much Nothing to do with, with it, it, but it's a super bizarre movie gotcha. where if you like... So he just found a way to side two recommends into one. Exactly. But okay. All right. yeah. so, absolutely still an R.D. move. Yes, it's a total yeah. R.D. move. Right? I'm going to jam that in here. I'm trying. But so I was thinking, so then I, I got to actually think about World War One because that was my favorite part about this movie by far, the World War One stuff. And something that, you know, this movie spans an absurd amount of time. I thought about a World War One movie that expands no time, and I went 1917. That, you know, just super linear, super one shot throughout the whole thing. It follows a day, and I think it's a fantastic, it's a new movie. I mean, it's, it's a year old. I think it's a fantastic movie when I think about World War One movies, and that, that, that was my connection here. Yeah, Sam Mendes film. I mean, I think it's a great movie, man. I think it's a movie everyone should see. Uh, I saw it in the theaters. It blew my mind. I've watched it numerous times since, and I, I just love it every single time. And talking about this movie goes 33 days. This movie, 1917, barely goes 33 hours. So I think... Cool. That's a great, a great comparison. I like that. And I think 1917 is one of those movies that kind of people were on edge about yeah. because it was supposed to win yep. the Oscars. Mm. So I think people just... You got that pre We talk about people turning against movies. Yep. I think that one that just... Yeah, yeah that people just turned against yep. it right away. And I think in context, that movie is way better than it really got credit for. I mean, it, got, it really was second place to the Oscars, so it got a lot of credit. Yeah. But It uh, got shit yeah. on because everyone... It was, yeah, it was, people don't so like to, to know who's going to win. Right. They want, like winning in November and December. Yes. Like yeah. it won in December, yep. but it, you know... Exactly. And, that, and people were just like, wait a minute. It won the Golden Globes. This is not what we want. What like won that? What was what Parasite? Was Parasite. Yeah. Oh, that was oh that was last yeah. year then. Yep. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, 1917 had Roman Reigns heat yep. and uh, Parasite. <laughs> Parasite came in like Daniel Bryan, and everybody uh, did hey, the yes chant. So that's a, give the people what they want. That's right. Uh, us, what do you got okay. here for your record? So Joe, as Joey went creative, that that was creative. I like what you did there. I went smack you in the face. Obvious. Um, okay. Similar time frame. Where it covers, you know, around World War One, but Legends of the Fall. Okay, interesting. I don't recommend it as like my favorite movie of all time. I think it has very similar like problems that Cavalcade has. But um, I mean, if you're gonna like Cavalcade, I would imagine you're gonna find a lot of things you like about uh, Legends of the Fall as well. Wow, so a little yeah. Legends of the Fall love after Back to I buried it on the Shawshank. <laughs> oh, so know. I've never yeah. seen it. I've never seen Legends Me of the neither. Fall. Me neither. So I just. But I just we, don't think how you losing cinematography. We unilaterally crushed it 
In Shawshank. Yeah, so, right. I, yeah, no, and I, I would not argue. Right, for sure. Yeah. But, it's uh, a, but how was the cinema, how was the cinematography in it? I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, it looked great. A lot of falls. Yeah. Are, okay. are, are we? Is this a long one? Are we? What's the yeah. runtime ish? Yeah, it's over two hours. It's like okay. two. Okay, two okay. so it's going to be a lengthy 10, watch. Two ten. Yeah. Oh, so oh not brutal. too bad. Not too oh, bad. No. All right, maybe that's one I'll, I'll check. A Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, is there a lot of substance to that movie? No, but it works. Again, it's gonna. It goes from World War One to it ends in like the. Sixties, I think. Oh, does it really? Yeah, they jump. Oh, I didn't realize there. it was a time they jump movie. all the way. Oh, nice. oh yeah, very, two oh, yeah. very, like, two very a, good ones. It's a prohibition, all this stuff. Not, oh, I mean, cool. Not oh. well all the time. But, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's There's a no... great recommendation. Then it fits. Okay, so mine, uh, two, two great ones, two great ones that fit fit perfectly. Mine is going to be in context of 1933. Often with some of these older movies, we kind of look at it and say, "Oh, well, it was 1933. Let's give it a break. Let's give it a break." So I picked another movie from that year, which I consider one of the best movies ever made. And it was not nominated for an Oscar this year. I had this one pegged for the recommend, and it was on TV a couple days ago. And I was able to sit and watch it, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope I'm not going to watch this and then have have my doubts again. I highly recommend anyone and everyone hearing this to go out and watch it. And that's 1933's King Kong. Uh, It is... Just a wonderfully made film with the stop action that they do. I actually saw that for the first time in a, about three months ago. Really? Yeah. And, and I, I saw it, it for the yep. first time this year as well. And dude, it's it's just it's just masterful filmmaking for for the time or for any time, you know. And the, the stop action of the of the That's dinosaurs awesome. and and uh, and Kong himself. There's there's issues. It's problematic in areas. It's not. There's oh some, my god. There's some, <laughs> You know, there's some not great racial things. There's some not great uh, misogynistic things in there. But, you know, that's the stuff of the time that we can kind of look and say, all right, We've it is, progressed it is right. 90 years later. No right. one's, you know. But it was a th- in 19... 19- no, but I, I actually... That's a great movie, and that's a great recommendation for this. Yeah, I mean. and I, I think that that's a movie 90 years later that anyone who is into movies can sit down, watch, and appreciate. Even if you don't like the old ones, if you don't like the classics, I think that you can sit down and watch that movie and and check it out and appreciate it. And again, it's of the same year, and to me, should have been the best picture. It's not a who should have won podcast, but I think that... doesn't get nominated. It's not even nominated for an award. For 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 nothing. Yeah, I saw that for the first time. I mean, nothing... It was just I was same thing. It was on TV, and I was like, "Oh, I've never seen this before. I've seen the new King Kong. I've new seen Kong. I saw the one ten years ago with Jack Black. I was like, "Well, I should see this one." And that was great. Yeah, and so if you're someone who's uh, a best picture completionist who's doing this list to tackle the list like I was, and you watch Cavalcade, and you're listening right now, and you watch Cavalcade, and went, "Oh God, these old ones are going to be tough," and you know, movies back then are not what they are today. I urge you to watch King Kong, and you'll understand that movies back then can be just as good as movies today, if not better. And I think King Kong is. Listen, is I, I an didn't see of that. the movie the 1934 yet. Well, when I get we get there, it we'll happened see. one night. It's another one, right? Night. I can't wait for it because you've spoken about it. But you know, the bounty's two years away, and it's fantastic. And we've right. spoken about that, so don't shit on the old movies. Casablanca's not many years later either, which is so, another fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's yeah. an all timer for a reason. All right, complete opposite of Cavalcade. <laughs> like, exactly. Everything about it is yeah. completely yeah. opposite. Okay, so we are at the BPC Awards. It's time. We're going to bring Cavalcade to the podium and see what it gets. MVP here. MVP. Oz, why don't you uh, why don't you hop in and go All first, right. boys? I'm giving it to Herbert Munden. 
Okay. The only part of the movie that had any substance, the only person I thought, um, you know, again, I don't know if it's the character. Sometimes it's hard to say it's the character or the actor, but I think this character had the only real strong arc. The actor played it well. So yeah, but, to, yeah. uh, Herbert Munden playing Alfred Bridges. And sad, sad story. Died at 40 in a car accident. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. The well, fact that he wasn't 40 in this shit is... I had a <laughs> yeah. age differently nowadays. Boy, and I gotta say, like, the, the daughter was very normal-looking for two very funny-looking parents, yeah. you know? That kid was probably adopted. But anyway, good job. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, Greg, I, you're not wrong, uh, but I did go Jane because mm. I just felt like she was putting some inability to maneuver the camera aside. I think she was the emotional heavy lifting for the movie, and she was showing it. She was showing the grief. She was showing... The loss, she was showing different things. And I think her reactions were so good that, well, some of her line readings were tough. Some of her, I mean, she looked at the, she, she looked at us a lot, which you, you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. But I, I still think that she, I think if she couldn't handle some of the reactions and some of the emotion, then this really doesn't work. Yeah, Diane Winyard, who plays Jane Marriott, uh, and she's the lone Oscar nomination right. here. So the, the Academy agreed with you. In, in, in the 1933 Academy on the her. same page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, before I give mine, I do want to, because we, we mentioned her throughout the plot, but we didn't really talk a ton about her, but Ursula Jeans as Fanny Bridges was really good. I thought she was really good. I she thought that she was... Talented. Yeah, she was talented, and, and she worked within this movie really well, too, and she was a character, one of the few characters I cared about in this movie. I don't know if you guys are going to bring her up, but I, I don't have her in, in my awards, so I did want to make sure that, I did say that I, I actually appreciated what she did, she did a good job. on the screen. You're, you're... She came on screen a little too late to, to save things, but, uh, so I don't, I, I don't like copping out with the MVP award and, and going away from the screen. Okay. I like to give it to someone on screen. But I don't think that this cast warranted it, unfortunately. I, I thought that the best actor was Herbert Munden, and he, I had, at, at, there was a moment where I was going to go that route. I thought the same about, uh, about adult Fanny as well, Ursula Jeans. I'm going to give the MVP to John Seitz, the cinematographer, director of photography. I thought that he was the most talented person associated with this film. Uh, you know, Frank, Frank Lloyd aside, uh, who I appreciate as a, as a director too. But yeah, I just thought John Seitz was, was great. I thought that the World War I montage was the best part of the film. Absolutely. And that to me is all from how it's shot, the, the merging of. Mm -hmm. and, and even the, the final shot of the movie, I know Joe, you didn't like the horses going through, but the, the kind of the, the ghost horses over the, the England skyline at the end and that the worked. picture of Big Ben, I thought that was a cool way to kind of end I'm it. I'm not mad at that. John Seitz is my is my MVP, and and I don't um, I have to go back and listen to Lost Weekend. I don't remember if I properly gave him the praise he deserved. But well, that, you are now. So. Yeah, so he 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 gets it there. That so, was that was director heavy on Lost Weekend. Yeah, so we'll go. So and I think that there's some justifiably yeah, so. You need you need to give him some sight some more too. So LVP LVP the least valuable player of Cavalcade. I'll go first. Let me, let me go first. So yeah, just start it and I'll go. Uh, it's to me. It is going to be Mrs. Bridges, Una O'Connor, uh, in a bad cast. She was the worst. Uh, she has a face for radio and a voice for print. Uh, she just is just... Christ, I hope her descendants don't listen to this. <laughs> she's exhausting to deal with in this movie. No, she's awful. Uh, I wonder Alfred drinks. Just, yeah, just tough. And maybe that's what they were going for. If it was, then... 
kudos to them. They did it. So there's my LVP. I went Robert Marriott. I felt like this guy, this big, the, the leader of the military, he gets knighted. Uh, should have been a consequential character. And he just disappears for years on end. And I think he was, when he was there, he didn't make me care anymore. He was just someone who was... A total dud. Uh, yeah, like just <laughs> flat. The character didn't work. The actor didn't work at the character. Yeah, so, he was a silent movie star right. in, a, in a movie with sound. It's like, bro, you gotta speak up here. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he couldn't find the mic. Gene Kelly, I am convinced Gene Kelly spoofed over that. 100%. Yeah, and, and Oz, you, you said, who's who's the main character here? And we even said, it's, is it him? It's like, yeah. ah, he's not acting like he is. I, I he doesn't think he is. Yeah, he, he just this no. is a paycheck to him. <laughs> he was really bad. It was a really terrible character, and um, that that was actually my LVP too. Oh, wow! Nice. All right, there we go. I, I, there's there's an I official hate, win. I hate to be redundant, but uh, he uh, for everything you said, and clearly he was supposed to be important. He started the movie and ended the movie. Right. You know, like, I just can't believe I, I him not being there for the whole Alfred scenes. I'm still like there. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no explanation. Just wasn't <laughs> there. Like, what else is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, wow. So that's that's a clinched win there. Yeah. So he's getting the trophy. I like it. That's... Uh, participation award. Participation award. Joe. So I actually went aging. I thought they did a good job of aging. <laughs> oh. I thought that. Wow. I thought they could have. When they I realized well. this was thirty three years, and I saw Jane in ni- eighteen ninety nine, I was like. What the fuck is she going to look like in, 18, in 1933? I think they did a great job of aging her 33 years. And I think they did a good job of aging Robert. And I think moving Fanny up, I think that they did a good... I mean, it's different actresses, clearly. But I think I think they did a great job with the aging. So I think that deserves a little bit of a shout-out. Yeah, cool. I like that. I like that. I uh, I gave it to, to Jane, to Diana, when you're... You know, she tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she tried. Right. Um, so my participation award, I actually flipped my MVP and my participation award in this one. It's the first time I've ever done that. So mine is, is Herbert Munden for Alfred Bridges gets participation. He's, he's in a, uh, the first half hour is the worst part of this movie. He's the best part about that, that half hour. And also for a little BPC symmetry. Nice. I gave Herbert Munden my LVP in Beauty and the Bounty. So I want to even things out with this one. Give him the Balance. participation award. I was going to give him the MVP, but hey, you know, the participation is going to. Yeah, so we'll get, we're, we're, we're just, you know, a little bit of a, uh, sorry I hit you hard back then. You know, I didn't like the over-the-top comic relief role there, but uh, he gets the participation award here. Has kind of a badass death in this movie. He just gets <laughs> pummeled by a horse and carriage. Just, That's a tough just way whipping to Whipping through a crowd of people for some reason. I don't know what's going on there. Wonder, what's the lesson there? Um, I don't, you gotta be with your family and not out drunk wandering yeah. streets. Or you're gonna guess, get hit yeah. by a horse. Is that? I don't know. Were they? Trying or to... you're looking for a lesson when they just they didn't have Alfred for any more days. <laughs> What's the lesson of of Ed, of Edward drowning on the Titanic? <laughs> I don't know. What is the lesson? It's just don't go to America. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get hit. You're gonna get hit hard by time, and then the, the horses are gonna march into the next scene. Time machine recast. I'll go first here because mine is not super interesting. I kind of just really felt the rebuilder in me wanted to make this movie better. Uh, so I kind of picked someone, uh, not necessarily of the time, you know, she's a little later, but someone we discussed here before in a previous episode. And uh, I'm, I'm replacing the Diane Winward role, so the main role, and I'm replacing her with a Oscar award-winning actress who we discussed in our Gentleman's Agreement episode, and that's Anne Revere. Uh, she was nominated for supporting actress in that movie. She's a wonderful actress. Yeah, wonderful actress. 
Uh, I think she'd do a fantastic job of carrying this movie and making me be way more invested with the Jane Marriott character. I think this movie would instantly be better by having her in there, and I would have her in the in the lead role there. I don't know if I'm going to be invited back to one of these. Oh, oh boy. Hey, go so for I it. Gotta wow. get my, I, I gotta mean, get... hey, we keep, we keep inviting Artie back. So <laughs> I, mean, I got I to gotta get my guy into this. I was okay. going to force him into Birdman, but I, you know, I let that go because it was impossible. Um, an Englishman, a man with some theater experience we're gonna have to change the structure of the, the little bit of the movie give uh, uh uh the 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 character a little bit more while um, we're recasting here why not yeah, yeah. but i'm gonna recast rewrite robert. recast gonna get rid of get rid of my lvp with robert okay and i'm gonna give it to my guy Dom, dominic west <laughs> mcnulty and nice. now we're gonna have to include some probably some alcoholism some adultery and some other issues like to it. deepen this character i'm all in on but, that uh, I yeah. like it a And lot. I think he can pull off the aging well because he's like that guy that looks like he lo- 35 he, all right. the time. Right. You know, like, yeah. he, you know, he looked, he looked at when he was in his 20s and he looks at now yep. and he's older. So. And of the things they had problems with this movie, as Joey pointed out, aging wasn't one of them. They did a nice <laughs> yeah, job yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, very impressive. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's English. He's got the accent and it would work. Joe, time machine recast. Again, we're taking anyone from any point of time. We're inserting in this movie. Yeah, so, as we know, to even to sometimes my own detriment, I always recast my LVP. Yes, of course. Um, and I and actually, you're coming off a rough stretch of this year. So, we were, you already had a good, you had a good LVP today. So, we're, we're going to. Yeah, so, I, I picked actually a, a BPC favorite that we've spoken about with Rebecca. We spoke about on the Bounty, with the Mutiny on the Bounty episode. And recasting Robert with uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. Yes, hello. So, someone who's actually, now. Thank God Robert didn't smoke. Right. We're losing Sir Lawrence Olivier's <laughs> biggest weakness. And I think he would have made that character consequential. Yeah, SLO, back-to-back episodes oh, makes his way in there. I like it. I like it a lot. So quotes, we didn't... I, I gave you mine on the, on the Titanic. Joe, you have a quote. Yeah, for, for I have. Um, not a ton of quotes to pick from. I, no, it was a, this was one of the tougher ones we've had so far. Yeah, um, and I just think... Um, not a quotable movie. Jane, Jane says it to Annie. When they're there right before Alfred dies, and she says, time changes everything, but it can't change old friends. Even though, huh. you know, it does when their kids want to marry each other, and they can't. That could be a nice little rich. tagline for this movie. Right. So you can see that on the bottom of the yeah, post. Even though it doesn't hold on till the end, it, it's good. I, you know, I, I thought that was nice. I thought it was a nice sentiment for the movie that carries things through. Scene of the movie. What was the best scene of the movie? This movie, the best, the scene that best defined this movie, what stood out for you? World War One. The that whole thing. That, I think from the the Zeppelin through the Armistice, I think it's the best. Yeah. I, I okay. think that whole thing is fantastic. Like, really legitimately good movie that, making. Probably, right? I think the, the end isn't bad either. No. I, I like the, the last montage kind of thing with the, with the New Year's Eve. <laughs> Some symmetry for them starting and ending at New Year's Eve. So I would, I would ultimately agree with you, I think. Um, that's the easiest one to go to. But yeah. the, the last part's not too bad. Yeah, it was mine as well. Yeah. You know, is that, that that World War One montage is was the signs that these guys are gonna put together a movie that's that's even better than this with, in Muting the Bounty, and you could kind of see that he was headed in the right direction right. with with a scene like that. Absolutely, I thought that was the best scene. If if we're saying that it has to be like with the actors, I liked that Titanic scene. To be completely honest with you guys, <laughs> I, I, I I thought it had some charm to it. I don't know. Sure. And it was the only real scene I remembered from the first time. It's like I've, that oh, scene I remembered. I remembered really well. So that's interesting. I too. mean, they slap you in the face with it. So it's yeah, like, yeah, it's just completely out of left field too. It's like what? Like imagine like just watching like 
any any movie that just all of a sudden they're just two people talking in a boat and they just show it's the Titanic. It's, it's like, like oh, so okay. soap opery. It's yeah. very much. I, mean, I thought it was the only clever dialogue in the movie though. Like the yeah. there's those two were good. Yeah, there that scene was like, them at the beach and them there. Those two were good. Yeah, the screenwriter decided to wake up and, and put something interesting on I paper. assume that was a different screenwriter and just got drunk <laughs> with Alfred. Okay, and I know we haven't done this in a while, but it could Rob Zombie remake <laughs> Okay, and I'd say, why the I hell mean, not? You 100%. Know? <laughs> Let's I would, do it. If, Let's if, do if it. On Rob Zombie's birthday, let's give the man credit. If Rob Zombie... It is Rob Zombie's birthday today, yes. Yeah. Cheers wow. to Rob Zombie. If Rob yes. Zombie came out and was like, I'm remaking 1933 Cavalcade, I, and it's going to be on HBO Max next week, I mean, guess what I'm watching on HBO Max next week? Yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, if tomorrow they're going to announce that he's redoing Cavalcade, yeah, I would do a backflip. I'd do a standing backflip. Instead back of medieval, it's medieval zombies. Like, it's... it's <laughs> it could work. I'm in. It could work. 100%. Yeah. Well, why, why the hell not? Right. Yeah. It can't Perfect. be worse. He could remaster a lot of the music. Could be good. You know? And that might be the only remake here that wouldn't have Grant Z roll his eyes. No, I think he, he would actually go, hey, you know what? I mean, he's even it. taking shots at Rob Zombie on his birthday, so uh, I think he's going to be. Uh, uh, damn shame. So this is where we put the movie into the old BPC calculator. We give the three sections of the movie. And I have confidence this week that our co-hosts here understand the process here. This is always a, always a challenge. So the, the three sections are the performances. That's section one. Section two, how the movie is shot, how the movie is presented, how the movie looks. Section three, how the story is told, the themes. Those are the three sections here. We got that. We're going one to five. And again, five isn't the best movie ever made. One isn't the worst movie ever made. It's just on a scale of best pictures. Five is, this is 100% a movie that deserves to win Best Picture based on this category. One is absolutely not. It's a joke that it was put in the Best Picture category from here, and so on. So You guys had to explain that to me a bunch of times last time. I get it now. That's it. Well, I, had a, I had a problem with why. Well, if our co-hosts are having issues with it, I'm sure the audience is. <laughs> right. so, so I just figured this is it's a good It's not a bad idea to keep explaining. Yes. Maybe I'll have to pick the Gladiator episode to really like get up on the, on, the, on, the, on the platform and explain it. But So performances... Joey, one. Anything to add? It's just. Yeah, I think just, we've said our piece on it. I'm not going to yeah. beat people up any more than we have. I think. Do you disagree? Um, nah, it's a one. I will say, if this movie fails in one area, it's in the performances of the cast. It's just, it's just, it, it doesn't have a chance. Again, you have you have a utility infielder in your three hole, yeah. and it's a one. It's a one. It's a hard one, and yeah. I think it's a shame. It's yeah. a shame. But I, I am surprised that it got an Oscar acting nomination. It's it's just I'm, I'm surprised at that. But you know, it, I guess Diane Winger had had her moments in there. Overall performances are one. Yeah, take out her line reading, she was good. How it's shot, how it's presented, cinematography, Oz. Let me give it a two. I mean, sure, there's we could argue it up a little bit, but as far as where I'm going to rank this movie, I can't, I, I can't give it more than a two. I, it's a two. Yeah. Not quite a one because there's some stuff to like about it, but I give it a two. Yeah. I, the lighting's trash, but uh, I think the World War yeah, II. You, you didn't really go much into the lighting, so this is a, you know, why don't, why don't you talk a little bit? I mean, you brought that up right as soon as we started this, but we, we uh, It's just it. so poorly lit. Like, it's just, they couldn't figure out. Like, the first, like, night scene, I was like, oh no, you shouldn't have done this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, know, I know that, you know, RDB was potentially going to be the fourth on this episode, and 
Uh, yeah. He actually started the movie almost like it just immediately texts, "What is going on with the lighting yeah. here?" Yeah, and I yeah. mean, but the, the first scene, it's it's lit in the middle with just black around because they couldn't figure out yeah. how to do it, and I think it's a bad job. Um, I'm 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 kind of torn between a two or three because of some of the bigger things, but I think I'm gonna have to fall into the two. Yeah, um, just okay. because I think overall there's just some things that don't work. I think you know, listen, the world war. One scene is fantastic. The blip scene, the Zeppelin scene is, but I just think there's more that doesn't work the way it's presented. That I'd be pushing a three. I, I would two point five. Right, and I would understand a three. Like I'm not. I just for me, that's like the lighting. Just I, I kept complaining about it while I was watching it. For me, we have a world class cinematographer in here, and I think that you have the one scene or the one montage segment that kind of saves the presentation of this movie a little bit. That being said, general things like you know, mic issues, lighting issues, that right. is where you have to ding it up. The mic issues, issues are obvious. Again, there isn't of the time clause that I can use here with that, where they're still kind of in the beginning phases of making sound movies and all that. And Two years later, they're on a boat. That sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm going to give this one a three because of the director and the cinematographer. And again, like I and said, I, I the get it. scope of what they were trying to do, uh, the the different kind of choices they made, and the horses uh, going across the last shot with the the ghost horses across mm-hmm. the skyline. They didn't just give you a, a bare bones movie. And I, the three is the I can see how it was a best picture winner, mm-hmm. and in its presentation, based on those things, I can see how it's a best picture winner. Whereas I could not see it with the performances. Right. I couldn't yeah. see it at all. It's, it, it, it got the hell no one. I give it a three here with Hell's Kind of some of the stuff with the performances bleeds over to this, though. Like the staring into the camera. Is that performances or is that how it's shot? Well, I, I, in that goes in performances. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For, I think that's, yeah, that's just, yeah, we're good. We're with any, anything with the acting right. is going to be. Like I said, I was between two or three, but. I, you know, we, two, but I, just I to, to answer that, like with American in Paris. The choreography and the dancing right. we put into performances. So, right. like, yes, the choreographer told them to do this, but it's still they have to execute. Right. And, gotcha. you know, you could they could have executed it in a way where I wasn't conscious that she was acting the entire movie right. when right. I was. Gotcha. Themes. The story. How, how the story is told. I'm going to go with two. Okay. They hit on things that were really good ideas that they didn't. I think they were either unable, unwilling, or too scared to commit to things. So I don't think it deserves a one here. Um, I think there was good things. I just think they their lack of commitment, I'm going to go two. Awesome. I'm going one. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there was a theme at all. Like it, The theme is kind of, oh, things go bad. But let's think back on Resilience. It. Yeah. Oh, resilience. Is, yeah. <laughs> let's keep having our New Year's party, even though everything sucks. I guess that's the theme. I don't know. But no, it, hey. it, it's a one. <laughs> Might not be far from that. Uh, I am going to join you, Joey, with the two. I think there were ideas here. There was that moment where I felt something. Mm-hmm. And it's not a total, what am I watching? These guys have nothing to say. There's nothing going on here. It wasn't It wasn't the lowest level on the scale. There was something there. and mm-hmm. And there were moments here... Not enough to me to say, okay, I see why this won Best Picture, because I don't think that this should have won Best Picture. Right. I think it's a two, you know, and again, I think a one, three, two for me, 
for Cavalcade is a pretty. I think they take that and run. That's a pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a, a nice good score. Odds were a one two one. One two one. Okay, which is yeah. probably yeah. to be expected. One and two two movie. A one two two. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I mean, I, we we gave the best case we could for Calvicator. I thought we were very, I thought we were very I think nice. We were very fair without being dicks, but we didn't ignore things either. Yeah, and and there is there are some some moments in this movie that can be appreciated if they and could think, commit. Yeah, yeah. So now this puts us on the one to ninety two scale here. Uh, I mean, I don't think we need to really belabor this point. Uh, where do you think this will be? So I'm not going to say ninety two because. I'm sh- I, of the ones you've seen oh, so it's far, the worst, it's, it's the, the worst, worst movie I've seen. And it, Out of the, it worst best picture so it's going to be like, yeah. best case, it's in the mid eighties, right? I mean, I would imagine best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a world where it's in the nineties. Yeah. I have not seen Broadway Melody, and I know that's one that's talked about as mm-hmm. generally uh, picked as worse. Um, so maybe this does. There's a couple of those that this kind of bumps it up into the eighties, but no, it's, it's not getting any higher than that. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't seen Broadway Melody. For me, this is the worst one I've seen. At the end of it, kind of, you know, seeing what else is out there and making assumptions, which I know we shouldn't do. I assume this will end up in the 80s for me. Yeah, okay. I think there is some merit there's to it. There's enough that'll climb into the Yeah, into I, the, I think there's enough 80s. merit that it will beat some other things where, you know, from talking to you, from kind of doing a little bit of research where there seems to be things with no merit. And we'll be at 93 in in yeah. uh, a few months. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we'll so this. We're going to so, have a new a new addition to the list coming yeah, up Yeah, so soon, I'm good so. with the 80s. Yeah, uh, so for me, it's, again, it's not the worst Best Picture winner for me. I think that Broadway Melody is worse than this. Right. Very comfortably. <laughs> Talk about a 1-1-1. One, one, one. That's a 1-1-1 one, one, one right there. We weren't yeah. doing it when we did that scene. So if you were on the edge of your seat wondering what I thought, there it is. <laughs> After my watch of watching it, all of them, Cimarron was worse than this. Okay. I'm going to revisit that movie with a clear mind and... Uh, open heart. Clear eyes, open... Clear eyes. <laughs> clear eyes, open hearts, don't fail. That's clear right. eyes, full hearts. Can't, Can't fail. Lose. Can't lose. It's a bottom, probably a bottom fiver, you know. Again, but this, there's some of those 80s ones that I don't like. like right. I, I mean, you, you have trouble with the 80s ones. That, yeah. I don't know a lot of them, but... Um, so you know. maybe upon revisiting those, I'll like them a little better. So I'm not going to lock this one into bottom five just yet. Because this time around, I did find some things that I appreciated in it. Out of the ones we've covered so far, I, I will have Crash a little above this one. So I have this as, this as second to last so far. You know, we gave um, this a good shot, this one. We did. We tried. We did. We, tried. we were very open-minded we to tried. this, and I think we... Uh... Yes. What can you do? Okay, so we've reached part two of this episode here. We're going to talk about our rankings episode. And if you don't know what that is, after 15 episodes at the end of our first season, season one, we did our first 15 rankings episode where we, the five of us, myself, Joey R. here, uh, also, RDB, Grant Z, and Chris G, who you've heard on previous episodes, five of us sat down. It was our largest episode ever. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Great day. It was a, it's Great a, day. It's a good list, and I, I, recommend, I recommend anyone to go check it out. So we ranked the movies that we had reviewed up, up until that point. And we're going to do this again after 30, and we're going to do it after every 15. So seasons. We'll get, break it up. That's it. 15, 30, 45, and so on. Oz, you were not a part of the mix at that time. Correct. You were listening, though. Yes. And you've... Pretty much listened to every episode so far. I'm, I'm and, close. And watched I mean, most of the yes, movies. Yes, I, I have a, a couple 
that and I have not So you've seen, seen 13 of the 15? I have seen. Yes. Okay, so 13 of the 15. So you have your top 10 ranked. You're going to give it to us, and you're going to kind of break our bones a little bit on yes. on what, what we had in that episode. and Because yes. and, this is – we haven't really answered to that. We, the episode came out, a, you know, a little chatter here and there, but no one's really kind of taken us to cast on air. And we only put the composite out on Twitter, and that was after releasing all seven of ours. So it wasn't really – yes. kind of lost in the sauce a little bit. So so how we worked the episode is, is we all kind of went around with our top 10 list. We, we started with 10. We counted down all the way to one. If someone had a movie ranked higher, we held off on the on the movie, and we waited until until we were at the highest position. So you'll kind of see as we go. And uh, this is a, a, a rankings uh, format that I that I heard on the uh, one thousand and one by one podcast. You should check those guys out there. Uh, they do a great job over there. I think they're just starting their third season. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So uh, they they cover the movies. In the book, uh, A Thousand Movies You Must See Before You Die. Cavalcade oh, is cool. not in that book, unfortunately. Really? It's not. No. It's not. <laughs> Cavalcade is not in there. King Kong is. King Kong is. Well, why, would, why would you have to see Cavalcade? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> There's no explanation. It doesn't even make a list of movies you should know exist before you die. Maybe if that book came out in like 1947, that would be... 1930, if this came out in 1933, that's the only time it's getting that list. Uh, yes. Well, best picture... Completionists. So that's that would be, fun. but um, yeah. So check out those guys again. They're one thousand and one by one. The numbers, the numbers, the word by, and and from there. So check them out. They do a great job. I think they rank the uh, Fincher movies and the Nolan movies. Oh, they cool. have episodes where they do that. Oh, and they I'm go back and forth. That, so yeah, I'll, I'll can I hate it. tweet them when they mess up the Fincher rankings. <laughs> They're available. They They're answer on Twitter. on Twitter. Yes, yeah, good, good guys over there. So uh, okay, so we're we're gonna get started now. We're talk about the. Uh, and again, and this is the first 15 movies we covered, episode 1 through 15. We're going to talk about the bottom five before we really go to the top 10. Yeah. Joey has our composite list, which Got again, it. we released on Twitter. We haven't discussed on air yet. Oz, you have your personal list, and Correct. I have the IMDB rankings list. So just explain what I have. There's an IMDB ranking number. Again, this is users, so it's not – this is nothing – you know, this is no testament here. I think, like, Dark Knight is the third best movie they have ranked of all time. Yes, yes. Like I know that. IMDb can be a little funny with that. Yeah, so essentially what the IMDb rank, ranking is is I was, I was just – I dedicated myself to figuring out how I can get my head around this. But it's essentially a 2 to 9 scale. I think you rank it 1 to 10, but the highest movie ranked on the website is Shawshank, which okay. I believe is a 9-1. 9.1. 9 I thought. 9.1, 9 two, right. fine. And the lowest ranked movie is, I think, Disaster Movie, the, the spoof. Yeah, and that's 1.9. And that is and way like, too high for that movie. Or like the Baby Bosses movie. Yes, yeah, so or the 1.9. So it's okay. essentially a 2 to okay. 9 scale. I get it. Okay. okay. So if there was a tie, the movie with the more votes got the, the higher. That makes the higher sense. Yeah, yeah. Right, because it, yeah, it yeah. t- it's tougher to carry the higher score if you have multiple right. votes. Absolutely. Okay, so that's how I went with that. Um, so just to give you a scale, the highest movie on the list got an 8.7. And the lowest movie on my list got a 5.7. So well, we're going to talk about the bottom five first. Joey, you have the composite list. Joey's so you're writing. Gonna... I feel like I should be writing. <laughs> Where's my pen? School. Where's my pen? Okay. Uh, Joey, you have the composite list. So Is why it... don't you go through through the, the bottom five. And then, Oz, if you have any of these movies in your top ten, let okay. us know. And we right. will hold off. Okay. We will hold off. The bottom 15 from our composite rankings from the seven of us. Because it's the five that Kira mentioned plus uh, Jay and Catherine Short. In Kathy's corner, fifteen, a Broadway melody. No. Okay, so fifteen is uh, Broadway melody is also number fifteen on the IMDb list. It's a five seven. It is the lowest ranked one here by over a full point. Wow. So okay. yeah. So that so that that's that's really pretty clear there. 
You do not have that in your top ten. No, you I never seen seen it. Okay. All right. Number 14, Going My Way. I never saw that. Hadn't seen it. It is also number 14 on the IMDb list at a 7.0. It's a huge jump between 15 and 14, though. Yes. Cavalcade, I believe, is a 5.8. So, yeah, just barely above Broadway Melody. Interesting. Okay, Okay, 13. Number 13, Chicago. Not in my top 10. Not in your top 10. Uh, Chicago is a notch higher on this list, so we're not there yet. Uh, Number uh, 12 is Crash. Crash. Okay, is that in your top ten? It is not. Okay, all right. almost. So, almost. so your bottom I mean, five was... is is in sync with what's going yeah. on here. Uh, Crash is in the IMDb top ten. Really, a little teaser there. So, okay. okay. Um, and then number eleven, A Man for All Seasons. I have that as ten. Uh, a Man for All Seasons is also number eleven on the IMDb list. Okay, and you have that as I have your that as 10. ten. Yeah. Okay, so let's go with uh, now. I will say that um, number thirteen is Shakespeare in Love. Here, so again, fifteen through eleven here on the IMDb rankings. Fifteen is Broadway Melody. Fourteen is Going My Way. Thirteen is Shakespeare in Love. Twelve is Chicago. Eleven is A Man for All Seasons. So that's the bottom ten. So uh, A Man for All Seasons just missed our top ten list. Yeah, and it just made yours. Yeah, right. And yeah. it was my ten also on my yeah. personal one. And I gotta say, I you know that was I almost wanted to put Crash there, you know, but. Mm-hmm. This this snuck in is better better than Crash. And that was it's funny those two movies got compared a little bit in our rankings episode. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it was kind of like I'd rather watch Crash, but right. Man for All Seasons is right. the better movie. What and, what right. it does, but Man for All Seasons does pretty good. It takes a I mean it's a pretty heavy topic that could take forever. I mean you could do that forever yeah. Yeah. on on uh, Sir Thomas More, but they kind of did it in like a brisk way, which was good. You yeah. Know, it, uh, they they told the story pretty well and they uh they kind of hit on what they needed to hit on and could, another yeah, one that could have been like was, two hours and yeah, forty five minutes jeez it could have been eight hours if they really wanted to be if nothing else it gave us the show off yeah which has been nothing but a blast I love Robert Shaw in that movie and you Joe you haven't seen Man that, that is one of, that's that one is, of the few ones you haven't seen right I've only not seen that in Broadway Melody wow okay else and we've done you so know far. what Shakespeare I love no thank you just where did you have that where did you just not in my top. Not in the not, not in the top, top ten. 10. Not in the top it wasn't 10. in my top ten either. Yeah, and it was uh, and it was thirteen on the. Now, where did Shakespeare in Love? Uh, it's higher on the. It's number the, ten for us. It's number ten for us. Yeah, okay. but only by okay. it is it by it's two points higher than Man for All Seasons. It's right there. It was one short vote. Like one person moved it a little bit. Big change. Wow. Okay. So uh, Shakespeare in Love is a seven one on IMDb. Chicago's also seven and one with more votes, but just barely more votes. A Man for All Seasons is a seven seven. So there's your next kind of jump. Okay. I mean, uh, I'm looking at one of these top lists, and I, Shakespeare in Love is number seven, the seventh, seventh best movie of, of the 15. I think Chris had it above that, Rocky. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, that, it's, I'm sorry. I mean, above Rocky. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, have we had seven sequels of Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> even, I mean, you know, even to have it above American Beauty. Sorry, Grancy. I love you, but hey, come on. It's tricky. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Catherine has it 14, right, right above Broadway she, Melody. She does yeah. not care for that one. Yeah, she does she not care for that one. seems to know what she's talking about. I'll say this in, in, in the, 
the comparisons that we've had in Crash and Man for All Seasons, their IMDb ratings, both 7-7. Seven, seven. Same exact yeah, IMDb rating. Sense. Isn't that funny? Like, what, like, I could be talked into. Those are kind of interesting. Really they're, they're good for the opposite reasons. Right. You yeah. know, like the, the strengths of one or the weaknesses of the other. I mean, Crash is just so ridiculous. Hey, but it, it is... I, I will say this about Crash, because I was very tough on it on the episode, obviously. And we I, were tough I mean, on it the entire first season. Yeah, and it like, was... We, yeah, and it was, and it was one of our first episodes, so I, I've had, had some perspective a year later. I think that there are good performances in there, and there's it's a good cast, yeah. and I think it's a good movie. It's just not a good best picture winner. Like, I it's, think it's, that a, it's, took, a, it's an awkward best it picture. It took us winner. till the rankings episode to really come to terms with the fact that outside of this ranking, what we're doing, we don't we wouldn't go at it the way we do. One of right. the things in the rankings overall that I don't think gets considered enough, and mm-hmm. it's a very very difficult thing to do and it's a very difficult thing to rank and quantify is just the ability to rewatch the movie and we'll, I guess we'll talk about when we get to Rebecca it is in my top 10 Rebecca and we'll, we'll get to rewatchability but there's something to wanting to watch the movie again mm-hmm. and it's, the movie can be amazing and it can be great but if it's like so dark or so heavy that you just never want to watch the movie that's Tough to well then I I will I will respond to that though let's take a look at a movie like Schindler's List okay which I mean I think is probably the poster child right. for non rewatchability like I, no nobody is just throwing Schindler's List on on a random Sunday afternoon like just it's it's no one's favorite movie right. I hate to say it but no, no. you're right but. It 1,000% deserved to win the Oscar for Best Picture that year. And it is a great movie. It's, a, like, it's, it's an AFI top 10 movie, I think. Like, it, it is a great right. Best Picture winner. So where is – there has to be a balance, though. So it's not – you can't just go rewatchability. Right. And, and we had said in our rankings episode that we weren't looking at – that rewatchability was a tiebreaker. Not you can't ignore it, though. Right. I do – so you can't ignore no. it. If, you're, if we're saying, say, like Schind- Schindler's List versus – the, the movie, uh, the shitty movie I recommended today um, <laughs> with Legends of the Fall. Yes, Legends Schindler's List is a way better movie than that. While you may want to like have an easier time watching Legends of the Fall. But if we're saying Schind- Schindler's List versus like Forrest Gump. Yeah, or how about, you know? how about this, this <laughs> comparison here? Talking... Same year, same director. Schindler's List versus Jurassic Park. Right. Which Jurassic Park is arguably the most rewatchable movie of all time. 100%. And... and Okay, this comes out the same year as, you know, Jurassic Park's a movie that probably, in a modern time where there's 10 nominees, Jurassic Park 100% gets nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, I mean, I think it needs to be considered, but when you're going to really sure. rank them, it right. can't just be rewatchability as as the, the deciding factor. I agree with that. But now, do you, you, you call out Rebecca, you don't think Rebecca's rewatchable? It, it, I think it's a little difficult to watch. Mm. I disagree with that, but... I think that's... I mean, a, I that's... Ranked, uh, we'll get to my... Okay, yeah, not, right. We'll, oh, we'll sorry. on rewatchability. So if we're talking... Yes, if we're talking Schindler's List versus some you know, other whatever movie, yes, of course. But if we're talking, say, Crash versus Shakespeare in Love, I think Crash is a better movie because when you factor in the rewatchability of it, along with the other factors, you have to kind of give that to not, the nod. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so uh, your 10 was... Oz, uh, your 10 uh, was... Man for All Seasons. It was Man for All Seasons, and uh, the... Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love was the 10 for... And the IMDb 10 was Crash. All right, so let's go to 9. So, Oz, what's your 9? Mine is Sound of Music, 9. Also the IMDb 9. Smart people. Wow. 8.0, and it was one of three movies in 8.0, but it had IMDb the fewest voice votes of America. the next three. 
Okay, <laughs> that's your nine. Uh, and Rain Man number nine for the composite. Okay, Rain Man also has an eight point oh ranking, and that's going to be number eight for IMDb. And again, Oz, you kind of off mic suggested that it, you, you're you're due for a rewatch of something. Yeah, well, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't. I do not like musicals. I just don't like that method of telling stories. However, I'm giving Sound of Music the nod as it's just like historic. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows the music of it. Okay, yeah. I think Sound of Music suffers from what I call it, the I've seen it syndrome. Mm-hmm. You saw it when you were a kid and you were bored yeah, by it. People, yes, yes, that's people instantly right. say, I've seen that. Right. I've seen that. No, you haven't. And we've all done that with movies. Right. We all sure. have done that with movies. I mean, I, I, I've i been guilty of doing movies that I absolutely have not seen at all. Clerks. I don't know why I got in my head that I have not ever seen a second of Clerks. Not one second of it. But I think it was just kind of one of those, like, yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. Right. And, I, and this, I watched it for the first time this week, and I can assure you, I've never seen a second <laughs> of that That's impressive movie. to never have seen a second of it. Because I think yeah. a lot of people have seen seconds of Sound of Music just because it's always on. It's on AMC, you know. Yeah, it'll right, be on right. all the time. Yeah, but I think that Clerks is probably, and again, when I think you've seen, I've probably seen most of the other Right, you've also... Kevin Smith movies, so right, I just, so just kind of... Yeah, I saw it by association. And you've seen the characters and different things. Yeah, or then there was a movie like E.T. that I saw, you know, was on TV constantly when I was like six or seven. Yeah. But that doesn't... I can't speak about that as an adult. I have not I seen E.T. since I was eight years old. I watched I no it this, this year because yeah. it was one of those. And I kind of... At the beginning of the year when we were, you know, in the lockdown period and we had and knew we were going to have a lot of time on our hands, I said, what are all the movies that kind of just don't address the fact right. that I haven't seen and wrote them down. E.T. was one of them. Yeah. I've and, seen that. Yeah. I saw it a million times as a kid, never as an adult. I don't think I've actually seen that movie. I couldn't tell you what happened with it as an adult. I and I'll say in our rankings episode, you know, Grant and Chris both hit that movie hard while, you know, granted maybe myself, Joey and Artie, like praised it a little above. I, I stand by, I think it's a great movie. Absolutely. I do think that Chris and Grant need to sit down and watch that as... Right. BPC co-host now and, and <laughs> really look at it for the when, worth of what When it you is. saw it when you were seven years old when your grandmother made you watch it, I think right. it's a little bit different than when you're an adult. Right. Let's clear the it. slate right. and watch it. I would I would agree with that. that I'm, I, that's why I'm giving it the... And also, like I, I think the first 15 movies you did are kind of top-heavy, too, to be honest. I think it's a top-heavy list. Explain. Look, I've never seen Going My Way or Broadway Melody, so i got to knock that out. I don't think Shakespeare in Love is good. I don't think Chicago is that good. So you think, you think the, the rankings, like the, the top... Four huge, and then the, with Owens leading exactly. into it. Okay, I think okay. There's, there's drop-offs, um, which maybe in a different... Like if Sound of Music is in the, the way the second season is looking like. Not that I don't know what's coming up next, but that might be way lower for my list. Interestingly enough, though, yeah. on the AFI Top 100, I think there's only four of these ten are on it. Yeah. And Sound of Music is one of those four. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and again, that was in 2005, the year that, that The Party came out. So maybe The Party would have... Uh, possibly, but I know I know that that some of the others were the legacy but, of the sound of music though is also just going to keep it very high. I think the movie holds up. I, I really it's do fantastic. think it's a great I, movie. Uh, I stand I, by that episode. I stand by everything we said in that episode. I think the legacy hurts it. <laughs> no, that, as for what it is, is a standalone. I think it's but, everybody saw it as a kid, hated it as yeah. a kid, and won't watch it. It's the it I've now. seen it syndrome. Well, I agree. Let's move on to Oz. What's your eight? Rebe- my eight is Rebecca. Is Rebecca. Yeah. Okay. Composite rankings are eight. And that's composite. the composite eight. Okay, a bit higher on the IMDb. Conversation heavy movie. The dialogue is, is it's, it's difficult to follow that dialogue. And that is a sign of the times of course that mid-atlantic accent yeah. but that's the movie also we do we can't we don't really want to hold it against the movie for that but in attempting to watch it that's 
tough. You know, it's tough. To, it's tough to follow, and especially in a very, it's very, very dialogue heavy. Now, let me ask you about yeah. Rebecca's. Rebecca's one you watch and then you listen to the episode. Yes, right. Yeah. Have you rewatched Rebecca's? N- not after the episode. That's a that better a movie. Yeah. It's a better movie when you've seen it. Oh yeah. You know, I, I, I think a lot of his movies are that way. I agree. And He's, talk about the I've seen it syndrome. Like I did again. Another one that I watched this week is The Birds, right. and that's another one. Oh yeah, I've seen The Birds, and. I have seen The Birds, but I saw it at such a young age. Like, my parents put it on for me. I'm watching this thing. There's no way I paid attention to this first half. Like, they, he takes forever to get where he's mm-hmm. going. And I appreciate it as someone who likes film. But as a casual yeah. viewer, yeah. he really takes a long time to get where he's going. And Rebecca's no different. I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, it's a slow burn. Hitchcock really it makes you wait. A positive or a negative or nothing if... A movie you have to see it multiple times. Good question. And then we talked about this in the Birdman episode, mm-hmm. where it's and and I think one of the things he said is like, if on the rewatch it's better and it's better and it's better. But does the movie's presentation warrant a rewatch? And I think that there were some issues with Birdman in that in that context. Oh, yeah. Rebecca's a better movie than Birdman. Yeah, like, but I do I, think that the answer is yes with Rebecca because I think, so. I think Rebecca first watch is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Great for other reasons on the second and third watch. And is it because... I think it's more nuanced every time. And is that because the story is nuanced or you're just able to catch more of the dialogue? I think saying? you are putting... Your view of the characters is, is, is different. You're now looking at them in different ways mm-hmm. where the characters are physically holding things back from you because they're holding it back from other people on screen. Like the honeymoon scene when he freaks out, like knowing yeah. why the second and third time is so different than him just being a movie jerk in the first yeah. time. And I look at Rebecca. Did you did you see that movie? And you say good movie. Don't see myself watching again. Is that is that how you? That's how yeah. you did it. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yeah and I, I guess that's. I'm. I don't think that you're alone. And I you know. Be, I don't view it that way. No. I needed some uh, the the podcast to give me a little bit of a path through that movie to right. maybe understand it more. Maybe that's me watching it but i don't know i I don't know i don't know if having to watch a movie multiple times makes the movie better like it makes it a a smarter movie i think it has to be good first right it can't it can't it can't just have that right i'd be interested if you saw that again if your opinion of it would change the answer maybe no and i think that that's a fair point in saying is like should a movie have to be rewatched to be good well you just made me watch cavalcade so (laughs) So no more youtube movies give me a little break no more youtube movies okay (laughs) okay uh, so what was your seven uh rain man your seven was rain man and what was our composite seven joe slumdog okay so interesting here Seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. on the IMDb mm-hmm. rankings for uh, the 15 movies that we've covered so far are all 8.0s, and they are those three movies. It's Sound of Music is 9, mm-hmm. 8.0. Rain Man is 8, 8.0. Slumdog is 7, 8.0. So the, the three 8.0 movies, 7, 8, 9. Slumdog 7, Rain Man 8, Sound of Music 9. Makes and sense. Slumdog has the most votes, then Rain Man, then Sound of Music. Yeah. Basically, in, in they're going... The, in time, yeah, it's right. the newest one has the most yeah. votes. Yeah. Sure. So let's let's talk Rain Man. Okay. It, great cast. It's, it's all around great movie. I mean, they get watchable, deep, well acted. You know, it's that's exactly where it needs to be. I wonder if this was one that we may have overrated because of the small context of the fifteen movies. Like, will I think so? So I think that this is where it starts to break between. Well, we'll get to American Beauty also between the top four. And the rest. 
like the five, six, and seven, or you know, the 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 five to ten range, it's not gonna be like the thirtieth best movie, right? You know, the twenty fifth, right? They're best they're movie. the it's ones that are in the fifth, you know, yeah, the, the mid the mid range ones. We're, we're, we're starting right. in the fifties at right. the end of this, yeah. And if it's and it, yeah, and American Beauty's a weird one because it's that's a bouncer that's on the bottom of some people's list and the yeah, top of some yeah. people's list, and, and that's and you know we'll, we'll that talk was about the that. number one for people. We'll talk about that when we yeah. get there. But Rain Man is one where it's it's weird because that's another one where I don't think the general public really appreciates what it is. But again, at the same time, it's like it, it, it is just kind of there. Like I, I I don't know. It's it's I'm interested where that one's gonna be. That's. Honestly, of these 15, that's the one I scratch my head with the most. That one and the one that has the same IMDb rating is Slumdog. And I kind of think that I hold Slumdog to a higher mm-hmm. a higher degree than maybe the average movie watcher does mm-hmm. because of my pre- appreciation for Danny Boyle, but I, I don't I don't know. I think that I think those two movies are the most interesting of these 15 to me. I I think the um at the time of the awards it had the director and actors combination that helped it win. Being summed up. Uh, no, I'm talking about Rain Man. Oh, being Rain Man. Okay. And then kind of like the cable era where it's just on. You right. Know, it's on HBO. Yep, yep, yep. And then, you know, it started in the 90s and it's on all these other channels. That helps the kind of a legacy of the movie as well because it's just so visible. You know, if that's it's, made in the 50s, it's not as visible, but it's just so visible now. It's And it's kind of one of those movies that if you if you take the time to look into the making of it and, w- and what was behind it, I think it's a great movie. And, yeah, it's cool. Uh, Joey, you had that kind of lower on your list. Was that like a 9 for you? I had a 10. You had a 10, yeah. And you had, so you, had it behind something, yeah, you had it behind something notable. Going My Way. That's right. what it was. You had Going My Way ahead of Raymond. Do you, stick, do you stand by that? Right now, I do, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, it's hard there. for me to speak to that because I did not see Going My Way. Uh, I love Going My Way. Don't get me wrong. I love the movie. I, mean, listen, I think Rain Man's a better but, movie. Yeah, I went back and forth on it. Like, yeah. you know, I, there was a time where Going My Way was a 10, but... Yeah, it's hard to... So, you know, just looking at... Let's look at Grand Z's. You know, having Rain Man 6, Slumdog 7, American Beauty 9. I mean, it's all... It's going to be way behind Cuckoo's Nest and when the overall... You know, we're gonna right. get that thirty. Right, we're we're movie. we're talking that those forties, yeah. those forties, yeah, fifties. Yeah, right. I mean, it looks like it's super high now, but when you start filling in the gaps of these movies, but that's what we have. Drop, we have fifteen. Drop, drop. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, but it's just some of these. Some of these are gonna look higher. Yeah, Rayman was my eight. I had uh, my personalist had I had American Beauty nine, Rayman eight. So I had I had American Beauty kind of low. Oz, what was your six? Some dog. Some dogs are sick, so we're yeah. all kind of. I mean, yeah, no one's pretty. We're not similar. bouncing all over the map here. I wish I could. Uh, and come that in with some was hot the takes, but composite was six for the composite is sound of music is sound of music and okay. some dogs seven for the composite. Yeah, so uh, six for the IMDb was Rebecca, eight point one. So slightly ahead of the 8.0s, which was Slumdog, Rain Man, and Sound of Music. Slumdog's a great movie. We'll talk about Slumdog for a second. Yeah. yeah. So that's a well-done movie. It got some negative when it won, you know, because it was like, oh, that, how could that win? You know, kind of yeah. thing. It got, it got a little of what uh, what Parasite gets, you know, where it's like, oh, how could that how could that movie win? But it's a really, uh, I mean, it's funny. Um it's so I, I love how they do it with the questions too. How they like I think they, it's they, gr- they, I think it's they a show great life movie, man. Yeah. I I don't get the hate on that. But Joey, you saw it and you weren't blown away by it. Yeah, so I saw it for this and I thought it was okay. Um, I think I texted you that I watched it again. I liked it so much more the second time. 
Okay. The first time I thought it was a cool looking movie. I liked how it went. I think like right now I would probably move it up and adjust. I don't okay. know how, yeah. um, but I think it would be adjusted. Yeah. And again, we're going to adjust our rankings. These yeah. aren't like set in stone yeah. here. We'll, we'll the beginning but, of our next rankings episode, we'll talk about but, our, but, our adjustment. But Slumdog is getting a bump. Uh, the second watch really did it for me. If I'm comparing Slumdog to Rain Man, again, I love both movies. I really sure. do. And yeah. I had on my personal list, I had Rain Man 8 and Slumdog 5. Uh, with Sound of Music and Rebecca in between. And I will, Slumdog 5, that's a big, that's a statement there. Yeah. I, I, I made a statement, and I, I stand by it. I think, it's a, I think it's a great movie. It's a movie that I can stand by. If I'm making like a short like roster of movies that I know that I have the confidence that I can yeah. show someone, and if they don't like it, I'll be like, well, this is what I like about movies. So this is, maybe you don't like the movies that I right. like. The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire factor gives people a bad taste in their mouths for some reason, because maybe it's too current. I also think it's a movie people didn't see, thought, heard they weren't supposed to like, and just kind of hopped on that. I think it's the Dark Knight year, oh, so it probably gets a little yeah, Nolan yeah. fanboy oh, heat. Yeah, yeah. So it almost hurt the movie to win, you know, and the people's... Yeah, and there's opinion. a ton of that going on, so... Sure. Top yeah. five. Uh, your five's American, American Beauty, Beauty, and this was the one movie that was... All over the place. I see. It was, someone had, I mean, uh, wait, Catherine Short had a number one. We had, it's, it's from... It's, Chris it's, G had a number two. It's one, two, three, eight, eight, nine, nine. I know... Say, say that again, John. One, two, three, eight, eight, nine, nine. There you go. So it's all over the map. I know if Brendan B were in the mix, it'd probably be his 15. I know he <laughs> hates that movie. And this is... A, so this is an interesting movie also, if you take, take the uh, Twitter's vote or the uh, film Twitter... Oh, film Twitter. I think this is a movie that everybody got behind the year it came out and the years after it came out as, this is film. This is, you know, it's that film class, like, right. 101 mm -hmm. style. And I think 20 years later, the same people just have turned on it. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, this needs to be erased from our memory. This is Kevin Spacey. Right. This is statutory this all of this is horrible bad never movie, should be no one yeah, should yeah. watch this yeah. and I think it's, I feel like it's the same people who hate it now are the people <laughs> that praised it then Probably so right. I like I like to just take all of them and just just they they cancel each other out right. so let's just look at it for what it is Kevin Spacey factor aside because listen Creep in real life, creep in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's it's again, and you can just wash it all. Listen, off. there's three other three hundred other people making this movie who shouldn't have their work discounted. These one guys a creep. Right, exactly. So oh, great point, great point. That's right. Like what about you know what about Annette Benning? And right, Benning's work just has to be thrown out the window. Right. Sam Mendes just be thrown out the window right. because Sam Mendes isn't a scumbag. I mean, for all we know, so he didn't write the movie. You know, right, it's, exactly. It's right. He's in it. He's but let's not ruin the rest of these people's career because the guy they worked with sucks. Wait, so where's IMDb had five? IMDb has American Beauty four. IMDb's number five is much higher on our lists, and it's a very interesting ranking. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna wait on we're it. gonna hold on the number five. And that number five was tied with Rebecca with an eight one. So Rebecca has the eight one, American Beauty has the eight three. Oz American Beauty as your five. Five, yes. It's a really great movie, right? I mean we could we could watch that at any time. And I know we're trying to not <clears throat> as much talk about Spacey, but that's like peak Spacey when he's great. You know, he carries that, and he, you know, that yeah. was the time when he could really carry the show. It, not a feel-good movie, not a easy-to-process content movie. Which is all fine. That, that's, yeah. that's what we need to deal with. But all movies shouldn't make you feel good. Some should make you feel uncomfortable. There's a lot to that movie that to be unpacked. And, and, yeah. and our episode with, uh, with Jay and, it's a good and Jay Dowski, we really get... And I, and I think I've, I said on our rankings episode last time, that's one that I would have had very low. 
And after that episode, it skyrocketed up my yeah, personal it's, it's, rankings. It can be about a lot of things. It's about mm-hmm. a lot of things from a lot of different perspectives. And, yeah. And Joey, this is an interesting one with you because I think there was a movie you hated. Hated it. Like, mm-hmm. before rewatching it, I... I don't. I wouldn't even like. It would have been like at the bottom. Yeah, but it's a Brit, yeah, that's I, where Brendan B ha, has I it right now, and it. I think I would have been on my. my then I rewatched it. Then I listened to the episode, and I was. I appreciated it a lot more. Like I and I, I said, Spacey. Like we go back to all those times. We can talk about all the Spacey movies yeah. and how good they were. Like and I really like. I remember watching this movie and really disliking it. And my opinion changed on it. I watched it. I was much older now. First of all, Sam Mendes has aged wonderfully since that movie. Oh yeah. Is it the best first film ever? That's his directorial debut. I mean, you know, I always say Reservoir Dogs, but Reservoir Dogs looks like a directorial debut. You know, there's budget issues, there's... It's hard to... He crams um, a lot into a little... It's hard to think of directorial debuts because yeah, I'm it's not always to. what you expect the person's. Yeah, and I I sprung that on you guys, so don't expect you to be ready to hop on it. But that's one to think about. I mean, the dude wins... Right off the bat. Yeah, and... and you know what's funny? I just found a list, and it's number nine in top ten. Okay, what's one? Uh, hold With on. Citizen Kane? Get Out's number ten. Pee-wee's Big Adventure by Tim Burton, number <laughs> hey, eight. Hey, dude, Donnie that's Dark- a great movie. Donnie Darko by that's, Richard that's Kelly, That's a dog shit movie. That's a dog Man, shit movie. Sorry Man for Max. the... Hit me up on Twitter. Bring the hate on Twitter. You, you and Artie's no, hate and that No, here's my fantastic. issue, because I hate, I hate that that movie's on this list, and I had this argument with Grant Zee. The guy has no other movies. So he's done one movie, and, you know, Grant goes, but it's his debut, and it's a great... Uh, fine. A part of a directorial debut is is what that you is like, you Mendes. started and you continue it's like being a one hit wonder when your hit's not that good to begin with. I mean, like cool, he's the Hanson of movies. Like yeah. what? Like come on, like Sam Mendes we talked about today with my recommendation. It's great. Right. Um, number six, Mad Max, George Miller. Number five, Boys in the Hood, John Singleton. Mm-hmm. John Singleton had a lot of '90s stuff. Number four, Bottle Rocket, Wes Anderson. That's oh. that's a great movie. If you're a West, if you're not in the yeah, West that's Anderson. okay. That's that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Number three, Reservoir Dogs, Tarantino. Okay. Number two, The Evil Dead, Sam Raimi. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All in on that. Hell. And you know what? I'll put it this way: Sam Mendes directs James Bond. Sam Raimi directs Spider Man. David Kelly, what? It, what? Nothing. Nothing. We're gonna have David Kelly direct a Batman movie? I don't think so. Go and, on. Uh, number one, a BPC favorite. Okay. A BPC episode. Okay. The Shawshank Redemption. Hell yeah. Frank Darabont. The great Frank Darabont, yes. American Beauty was the Composite 5 and Oz, your 5. That's right. We're withholding the IMDb 5. Oz, what's your 4? My 4 is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. Joey, okay, so what you joined... One Flew Cuckoo's? One Flew Cuckoo's Nest. Right. Cuckoo's it was the first uh, time. I think I made fun of you about it and then an episode later did it myself. So that's <laughs> As you were making fun of me, you did it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I remember I was listening to the next episode and I texted you and I was like, you can't make fun of me and do it. <laughs> I'm kind of in the process of just re-listening to the episodes from the beginning. It's about a year later. I said I'm going to end. I have a, a friend of the podcast who's watching, he's doing the true BPC experience. I love it. Mm-hmm. He's watching the movie. Listen, and Oz, you, you were doing that there for a while. Mm-hmm. So you, you've joined our, 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 <laughs> our band of merry misfits. He took a little hiatus in the middle there, but... He had watched Cuckoo's Nest the rest of the time. And in the Rebecca episode, we mentioned I mentioned him to you. I right, said, yeah, you know, he wasn't right. really feeling the movie. And then and he is now listening to the Rebecca episode about it. And he goes, Ah, oh, you know, I wish that at that time that you let him know that listening to the episode and listening to Joey R's 
oh. explanation of the movie really made me appreciate the movie more. Oh, it's awesome. So he's like, you know, I'm listening to you guys talk about it now. I wish that, and that it worked out real time. So I said, ah, we're recording this week. I'll, I'll mention it to him. Oh, that's that. awesome. So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm really happy to hear that. Composite uh, wise, four is Rocky. Rocky mm. is the composite four. Yeah. Um, and Rocky is the IMDb five. That was the one I was withholding there. So Rocky has an eight one on IMDb tied with Rebecca. More votes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Oscar four. Yeah, Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, I don't mean to knock it because it's a, a fantastic, obviously, I have a four. You know, it's a great movie. I just don't see, are you it over Rocky and The Departed? I get that, but I, how is it, what, what about that makes it a better movie than Silence of the Lambs? Because I see it's above Silence of the Lambs on, maybe not on your personal list, but okay, on the closet. So, so because it's we have like some floating list yeah. issues here, let's hold on Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Let's hold on Cuckoo's yeah, Nest here. Because that's it. You have it the lowest. Now and it's then, hard to... It's now, hard I to... will say this, though. I think two others had it in that same exact slot. I think Grant and Artie... Grant had it five. Yeah, it was his first watch on. And Artie Chris had, had it Chris had it five. Yeah, so had Grant it. and Chris both had it at five, and, and, and Oz, you have it at four. The four on IMDb is American Beauty. At an 8.3. Hmm. And our composite was... Rocky. Rocky. Was Rocky. Okay. What's your three, us? Departed. Is Departed. Also the IMDb 3 at an 8.5. And composite. And composite. Okay, so this is a great time for the Departed combo. Mm-hmm. I could have this one. This is, this is where it gets impossible. We're talking Lambs versus Rocky versus Departed for me. I mean, this is interchangeable. I could... I don't even want to argue them against each other. It's just... Kind of like an imperfect movie, so that's why I kind of knocked it a little bit below Lambs mm-hmm. and Rocky. I mean, I think there's enough in The Departed that you can knock to to knock it down a peg or two. But it's just, it, it's it's an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the most popular movie. And I, I listened to myself in reviewing the the rankings episode. I said, I, I think it's it's probably Scorsese's best movie. I heard myself say that and I go, Ooh, whoa, I just said that. Do I really think that? Um and it's definitely one of my favorites. I have it in, in if I pick top three Scorsese in no order, it's it's there. I think that I might have jumped the gun on Taxi Driver. I think Taxi Driver might be his See, best. That's going to be the story of The Departed, though. It's the top whatever in no particular order. Oh, it's in the top of no particular yeah, order. Yeah, well, and, and, and the other thing about it, too, is it's it's probably the most popular movie yeah, on this list. And especially with our age group, right, our demographic. Perfect, right. Like, white males our age, well, who doesn't love The Departed? We've I mean, all so seen it's it kind a thousand of, times. Right, so we're all right. kind of suckered into our, our demographic bias with that. But is it really the greatest movie of the last 25 years? Like When you frame it like that, it's, it's likely a no, and that's why I knocked it down a little bit. But listen, but the same it has it's... two of the best actors of all time in it. Come on, Leo. it's got Leo and, right. and Jack. And not for nothing, the supporting cast around them are yeah. all... Superstars, mega superstars. So Al Baldwin, I see Martin Sheen. It's fantastic. (laughs) Come on, it's crazy. That's a great cast. A couple people have it one, and it's directed by Martin Martin Scorsese. Yeah, a couple people have it one. Yeah, they're already already being and Grand Z, and and if they were on to defend it as one, I'm not putting up much of resistance on it being one. It's not. I mean, it it it's it's there. It's right there. I just knocked it down a little bit because of. Everything uh, that was state. I mean, you guys did three hours on it, so it yeah, be much uh, uh, much uh, more sad. But. I think that it is one though, and there are some movies where their imperfections are part of what makes it great. Mm-hmm. I think this is one where its imperfections are kind of ignored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's it, it's kind of gets a hometown bias, where it's just like ah, they let's, did the let's thing. look past Martin Sheen's right. accent. Let's yeah, look past right. 
they did the thing where it was like, all right, how do we explain how Frank is able to get away with everything? Oh, he's in the F- he's working with the FBI. You yeah, know, right, like, right, right. Through that in at the yeah. end. <laughs> I enjoy the hell out of it. You uh, want to talk about rewatchability? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just I mean, rewatchability is absurd. Yeah, like Zach, right. if I I'll get home tonight at one o'clock in the morning. If I put on the TV and that's on, I'm staying up till yeah. it's over. Yeah, I will say this though, and I'm going to take this time because I hear this all the time. It drives me insane when The Departed gets brought up as a Best Picture winner. People love to say, "Ugh, well." That's just a, a makeup award. It's not mm. Martin Scorsese's best. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah. But what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Just yeah. because they didn't give Taxi Driver best picture, or they didn't give Raging Bull best picture, we're going to just, until he makes a movie that's better than that, we're not going to give him either. Right. Like, And not for nothing, it is clearly the best picture that year. I mean, I don't, like, look at that year. It's just, there's nothing there that's better than this. I mean, so, the, uh, the part is going to be in the top of the overall, like when you do this next time, it's going to be up there. It's yeah. going to keep it, it's, being it's up there no matter yeah. what. Because be top. You'll have, yeah. I, I know they'll, they'll be, it'll get some drop in some people's eyes, but it'll always be at the top of many, including mine. And again, if you want to convince me that it's one or two, I could be easily convinced because now we're just splitting hairs at one, two, in, in, in my opinion. Oz, your two. Rocky. Yeah. Okay, Rocky is your two. Composite. Silence of the Lambs. Lambs is also the IMDb2 at 8.6. So that, by default, means that your one, Oz is Lambs, mm-hmm. which was Joey, your original one. Yeah, it was my one. And it was Chris's one. Yep. I believe it was my three. Your three. And that means that the IMDb one is Cuckoo's Nest at an 8.7. And what is the composite one? Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we, got, we, we hit the IMDb with our composite. So to review... Before we start getting into uh, Lamb's Cuckoo's Nest combo here, because I think that when you look at it, those are the best two movies. I mean, I said that it. We've done you, covered so far. Right. I, I said it when we, you know, the episode for me between Lamb and Cuckoo's Nest. It was one A, you know, one A, one A and a half. Okay, so we'll, we'll start. We'll go. I'll start with the IMDb ratings in reverse, ten to one. Then we'll go with the BPC composite, and then Oz, you give yours, and, and we'll go from there. So, so the IMDb ratings had. 10 Crash at a 7.7. Nice. 9 The Sound of Music at an 8.0. 8 Rain Man at an 8.0 with slightly higher voting. 7 Slumdog also with an 8.0 with even higher voting. 6 Rebecca with an 8.1. 5 Rocky with 8.1 and higher voting than Rebecca. 4 American Beauty. Then eight point three, three departed with an eight point five, two the silence of the lambs with an eight point six, and number one one flew over the cuckoo's nest with an eight point seven. Joe, when you read off our BPC composite rankings, this is the this is the five people who were on the first fifteen ranking episode. It's also counting Catherine Short, also counting Jay Dowski. Give it to us. All right, number 10, we have Shakespeare in Love. At number 9, Rain Man. Number 8, Rebecca. Number 7, Slumdog Millionaire. Number 6, The Sound of Music. Number 5, American Beauty. Number 4, Rocky. Number 3, The Departed. Number 2, Silence of the Lambs. And at number 1, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All right, and Oz, your personal rankings that are uh, bringing to the table today. 10 is Man for All Seasons. Nine, Sound of Music. Eight, Rebecca. Seven, Rain Man. Six, Slumdog. 
five American Beauty. Now from here, I think there's a big gap when we do the overall. Then four, Cuckoo's Nest. And then I think there's a bit of a gap between Cuckoo's Nest and the top three, which I have as three departed, two Rocky, and one Silence of the Lambs. I viewed the gap between, and this is how I explained it at the time, I had Cuckoo, mm -hmm. Rocky, Lambs, and there was the gap. Okay. See, Where, me, and Because everyone kind of looked at me, you have Departed Force. I think I had the Departed the lowest of the, of the crew. And I just, I viewed, and I'm going to use an overused word that we use often around here. I viewed One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, and Silence of the Lambs as iconic films. That when you think about cinema, when you think about movie making, those are movies that you think of. The Departed is a great movie, but it just, it hasn't stepped into that next echelon. Of, of movie making where you, I mean Silence of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter I mean right. that's a Alter, his character name villain. is right part there. of pop culture mm -hmm. lexicon all time villain Rocky the steps of, who doesn't know the steps mm -hmm. uh, uh, Rocky running up the steps a million sequels and then Cuckoo's Nest also was a, 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 a top Brilliant book movie. in literature it, it's it's adaptation arguably became more famous than than the book and it's it's Jack Nicholson's best role I mean, what yeah. do we mean by that when you drop iconic, like, what do you mean by that? I think that when you, if you're going to sit down in a room <laughs> with someone who is going to inter interview you about whatever expertise you may or may not have about movies, mm -hmm. what are the first movies you bring up? Right. And Departed for me isn't just, it's, I'm not going there first, where I'm comfortable with going with the other three. I gotcha. You know, if I'm, if the movies of the last hundred years... So granted, there's a ton of movies that aren't in this top 15 that I would bring up. But if I'm limited to these 15, if I have to discuss these 15 and I want to talk about movies made in the last 100 years, I'm going Cuckoo's Nest first, I'm going Lamb second, and I'm probably going Rocky third. That's, that's how I looked at it. Yeah, my whole thing was Cuckoo's Nest, Lamb's, Departed, and then the cutoff. And that's what – and when I was looking at our rankings, those three are pretty close. Um, Where did you have Rocky? I just want to look at that, Joe. Uh, I think I had – you had five, Rocky five. Six. Seven, six. six. Okay, yeah. so, but it wasn't like Chris who had it, who had a nine. I think Chris, on the Reagan's episode, properly explained his issues with Rocky. And Rocky is, there are, there's some not great moments there, but I think that it's about what came from Rocky. Rocky's and great, I, and I yeah. love Rocky, but I think, um, I mean, I think Cuckoo's Nest and Lambs, I mean, when we're looking at the whole thing. Rocky's got be better top. music than the musicals on this list. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, I don't I mean, understand. Yeah, I mean, you, Rocky spawned more than anything on this list. Did. I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah, it started something Rocky, huge. Rocky you know? is the most famous thing on this list. That's, whatever that's yeah. yeah, Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. We don't, I don't know what we're, how we're trying to classify these movies, but... but or, it's so, tough. It's tough. When we're talking about, you know... We, we haven't talked a whole lot about Silence of the Lambs here just yet. And you that was your one. That was my one, yeah. yeah. Why is that your one? I mean, it's a perfect movie. There's nothing... It's, it's the perfectly paced. You can't... Stop watching it. It's got that, like, all the good stuff about movie making and that you could pick it up anywhere and watch it and you want to watch it again. You know, that, that's where, to me, it jumps, um, significantly jumps Cuckoo's Nest. Is I don't think Cuckoo's Nest has that factor where you could jump in 45 minutes in Gorgeous. and be like, oh, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I know you guys. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> the, well, that's an interesting thought because I, I so... You've seen, you saw Cuckoo's Nest recently, like, like yeah. for, for the first time, or you had seen no, it? No, I had yeah. seen it. Yeah. Okay. So, 
for someone like me and Joey mm-hmm. who look at it and just say, all right, well, Cuckoo's Nest is the one and we'll figure out the rest from there. Because I've heard us talking about it, and on the episode, we're like, okay, it's, it's easy. That that's what, I think on the Rebecca episode, is where we're just like, oh, that's an easy one. Grant hadn't seen it at that right. time. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening, and I'm like, ooh, but you know, when we got to the rankings episode, some people had that like like three, yeah. or they had a four. Yeah. Um, what, what is your counter to that? Like When you see Cuckoo's Nest, like, what, what holds Cuckoo's Nest back from that top slot that, that Silence of the Lambs has that's pretty clear to you? He spoke about get a random people and, and talk about movies. I don't think Cuckoo's Nest gets there. I think Silence hmm. of the Lambs absolutely 100% gets there. Everybody knows that. I, don't, I think if you're, if you're you know, polling, eh, what do you think about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I don't know if it's this as embedded in, the, in the, the movie world as, as you think, probably amongst critics, yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. against the, you know, uh, on top of the quote unquote casual watcher. Is that a contemporary thing? Being that it's, it came out 20 be. years. Yeah, it could be. Absolutely. But I mean, Rocky came out in 1976, right? True. You know, True. so it, it absolutely could be. Um, and at this point, Lambs is what, 30 years old? Yeah. You know, we're not talking new. We're not talking really is Silence of the Lambs contemporary anymore. Probably not. But everyone knows Lecter. It spawns all kinds of attempts at yeah of, of getting there again of, yeah a lot of times shows fail. you how important I uh, mean it is Jody Foster it is there's <laughs> nothing I don't think there's like what's iconic about one flew over the cuckoo's nest I think my instant answer to that is Jack Nicholson's okay. performance yeah, right. and I think it it cemented him as one of the greatest actors of all time right. I is it his best movie in my opinion it is. Yeah, I, think I think he has a ton of great movies and great performances, yeah. but that is the one that cements him as one of the best actors of all time. And so, I think that's if someone else in other hands, that character is completely unwatchable. All right. And yeah, that's a good point. Fair, too. But if you go to somebody, Hannibal Lecter, people be like, I know that. You go, Rocky. I knew that. You start throwing names. In but the is the is the pop people culture say, is the pop culture Kim response? Kardashian people say I know that. Yeah, that doesn't is the give pop culture response what right. what makes it, it the best movie of all time no, or one of the best movies in the list? It matters. It factors in just like the rewatchability we're, factors. Right. When we're talking. When but, we're talking, Silence of the Lambs versus Cuckoo's Nest. Yes, it's a factor. But when we get to Casablanca, if you go up to a hundred people on the street, Family, family feud, feud style, style, are they going to even be able to tell you who's in that movie? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, know, I mean, how many out of how many random people on the street right. are going to say that Humphrey Bogart's in that movie? You know, and so past Humphrey Bogart, but that's also oh wait, okay, but fair. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting. Yeah. But it's you an interesting. You can't just dismiss. It's uh, things get so popular that it gets dismissed that it's popular. And but I don't think a, I'm dismissing. A, no, no, no. Rocky. That's a, that's a, that's, a, that's an important when we're lining up like you know these movies that in so many ways they're even. Think True. The the. The, the everyone knowing about the popularity of it does matter. You know, you drop Kim Kardashian, but I'm not talking about. Well, how about well, how about well then? Let's go to the Marvel movies then. Like just because, but you, the average person has seen every Marvel movie that's come out. I mean, well, what well, what do those Marvel movies really add? I don't. I don't think anyone would really say the Marvel movies are better movies. There are in the same classification as these movies we're talking about now. That's not where I'm putting it. I'm putting it when you're talking about. You know, two movies or three movies that are otherwise very, uh, 
very close and very comparable. I had an in- interaction with the with someone on Twitter a couple months back <laughs> wow. that didn't even think that One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest was a good movie. Like so, yeah, it was I, like yeah, it's it's tough to yeah, you I, know it's tough. It's it's, I really mean, and and you know, I do think that I am guilty of assuming that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is just there. Yeah, yeah. It's right. just there, right. you know, I, and, and I think I even mentioned that in that Rebecca right. episode is that I had like a, a friend yeah. watch it and then they yeah. watched it and they're like, yeah, I didn't but, like that at all. Like, know, I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, it's 15. Why is it one? You know, I'm saying it's four. It's not one. And yeah. when we're talking about one, two, three, four. But do you think that'll be in the top 10 at the end of it? But from, by what you're saying, I'm guessing it probably no, will be. No, I don't think yeah. so. But I don't know if, I mean, I got to really think about it. Who knows if like Rocky and the Departed will be. I'm pretty certain right. Silence of the Lambs will be. Like, mm-hmm. I'm certain it, it will be in the top ten, but I don't know if the other two will be either. All right, well, a great revisitation to our, uh, our, our rankings episode. And we will have another one coming out in May for the, uh, the next 15, for the end of the season two. We're looking forward to that. Before we close things out here, it is not a who should have won podcast, but we are still in 1933. And we do like to, at the end of the episode, go through the other Best Picture winners. And this was a 10 nominee year. Is that right, Joe? It's 10 yeah, it's, ten. It's, it's, it's a tenor. It's a tenor. Okay. And I, I do want to, before we start with the episode, I just want to give a, a little brief, this kind of funny anecdote from this year. When they were giving out the award for best director, which went to Frank Lloyd, the host of the show opened the envelope. And back then it was just kind of just more of a dinner. It wasn't like televised or it's anything. Really yeah. So he, he opens the envelope and just says... Well, Frank is one of my best friends and, and starts telling Frank did this, Frank did that. Frank, why don't you come up and get the award? And Frank Capra was also nominated oh, that oh, year. Oh, so oh, Frank oh. Capra, who was the favorite, got up and went. Oh. And then when he got there, they're like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Frank Lloyd, you're the winner. Roy, Frank Roy, Lloyd, Frank. you're the winner. <laughs> so Ooh. Frank Capra went and said it's one of the longest walks back to the chair that he's, he's ever had. Also, they announced the runners-up that year, which is not something they do anymore. But the runners-up that year was A Farewell to Arms, and that'll be the first one we read off here. And A Farewell to Arms is directed by Frank Borzage and is an American ambulance driver and an English nurse fall in love in Italy during World War One. Mm. World War One movie. All right. Seems to be topical. Time I have not seen A Farewell to Arms. I feel like that's, uh, that's probably a, a famous book. Gary yeah. Cooper. Yeah, it's a soul. A strong and, strong and silent type. Gary Cooper's in that one, as Tony Soprano would say. Joe, what do we have next here? All right, so next we have 42nd Street, directed by Lloyd Bacon. It's a fantastic name. Bacon. Yeah. When the leading lady of a Broadway musical breaks her ankle, she Ew. is replaced by a young, <laughs> unknown actress who becomes the star of the show. Pass. Yeah, uh, that one is a... I know that that one is... Ginger Rogers is in it. Yeah. Very famous. That's a Busby Berkeley deal. Over there, too. So that, I think that's what, why it's kind of fondly remembered. Hour and 29 minutes. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Knock that one out. <laughs> All right. The next one, Kieran, I think looks interesting, actually. Uh, and yeah, and, and I have heard, this is a Paul Mooney flick. And we haven't covered Paul Mooney yet. We will when we get to uh, The Life of Emile Zola. But this is, I am a fugitive from a chain gang. And this is one that I looked at that I, I, I wanted to watch because I always pick, I try to pick one. Last week, uh, as you may or may not know, I, I failed to do that because I hate 
1980s Best Picture nominees. But this is one I looked at, I didn't get there, but it's I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, starring Paul Mooney. It is a wrongly convicted James Allen serves in the intolerable conditions of a southern chain gang, which later comes back to haunt him. Directed by Mervyn Leroy. Uh, nominated for three Oscars that year, didn't win one. But yeah, that looks like a like a watchable one, I think. Yeah, I wanted to watch that, and I just didn't... Unfortunately, didn't have the time. That was one I was trying there to make. There are some for. reviews of Cavalcade floating around that are like, oh, I am a fugitive, should have won. So, oh, right. Yeah, okay. That's one yeah. that, that people that people jump on. Next, we're at Lady for a Day, directed by Frank Capra. The main character is Dave the Dude. So, fantastic right. name. I'm in. Um, a gangster tries to make Apple Annie, the Times Square apple seller, a lady for a day. Wow. Um, so, we'll eventually talk about My Fair Lady, and this is... Um, Something we'll probably get to in the discussion of. Yes. Oh, boy. My Fair Lady. That one, that's going to be a contentious one, Joe. Because I know that you love it. And that's one of my lower ranked ones. So, And that would be the Frank Capra movie that's that he thought Capra he won movie, for. Yeah. yeah so, Dave uh, the Dude. You have Dave the Dude as your main guy. You should be getting somewhere. Next one is a movie title that no one should be unfamiliar to. Because it's been remade about five times. Including this past year. Little Women of 1933. And uh, it's a chronicle of the lives of a group of sisters growing up. In the 19th century America. Now, let me ask you guys this. Have either of you guys seen any renditions of the Little Women movies? Negative. Yeah, I saw the one with um, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, the early yeah. 90s. Yeah, that seems to be the... Um, I definitely wanted to... I want to see the one from I, last I would, year. I, Joey, I would have thought that you would have mm-hmm. seen I that one. Because that seems see up your alley. Yeah, I want to see... I just have... It's just something that has just not gotten there. I have tried, and it just hasn't gotten there yet. But um, I'm definitely... Uh, I mean, Florence Pugh's in it, who I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna get there. It's just I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, Odenkirk's in that one. That's yeah. the one thing I could that kind of. And if, Odenkirk, oh, yeah. if yeah. Odenkirk's in it, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the two from that year of the nominees that I haven't seen. The other one was uh, Ford Ferrari. I just it's never got movie. around to Ford, Ford Ferrari. Ferrari. I saw that. I wish I saw that in theaters. Because the sound was fantastic, and I'm know, not a Cars guy. Neither you know, am Cars I. doesn't do it for me. I don't, a, the two hour twenty runtime is just kind of like eh. it, it was. Uh, Matt Damon, love Christian, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Matt Damon, trying to see every nominee, and just so I saw it, but I wish I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Private Life of Henry the Eighth. Hmm. Okay, so before you go, yeah, this is the one I watched. So give us the give us the intro. But so, I say. directed by Alexander Corda, um, starring Pod Favorite. Charles Lawton. Charles Lawton, and he um, won his Oscar for this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, my God. M- M- MVP of Mutiny on the Bounty. Um, King Henry VIII marries five more times after his divorce from his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Yeah, first British production to win an, uh, uh, an acting award. And again, it's only the fourth year of the Oscars, <laughs> so it's not that big of a deal. It was streaming free. It was 90 minutes. It was Charles Lawton. It was Henry VIII who I last saw portrayed by Robert Shaw. I mean, why not? Let's do it. Wow. Talking about an over-the-top... I mean, again, the, the funny part about this movie, in, in the description, it was listed under, like, five different genres. Really? Including, like, historical, drama, comedy. It was just time, time period. Like They just it, didn't know where to put it. It took me, a, like... About 15 minutes or so, I'm like, oh, I think this is a comedy. Like, wow. it is so over the top. He dials it up to 11. If you thought Robert Shaw dialed it up, I mean, he dials it up. It's, and it's really, it's just about Henry VIII's marriages, pretty much. Like, he just goes through 
Just wife one, to wife two, to wife three, to wife four. So what the Simpsons did in a half hour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, if if you have a palate for older movies, check it out. Again, it's a quick watch. Better it, or worse than Cavalcade. Um, it is, it's performance, he- like, it's very much, the movie is just revolves around his performance. So it's kind of like, it's not, like, movie-wise, it's not much of a movie. Interesting. But it's totally worth watching based on his performance. Is it performance. more like a play? No, I mean it's it's just I'm just saying the whole movie revolves around his performance. Okay. Like, that's just what it, okay. what it is. Like it, it's it's the token movie that wins best actor but nothing else. Okay. And um there's the famous scene of him eating a chicken, like a giant chicken and just picking it apart and throwing it over his shoulder as he eats it. It's we could probably YouTube it and just check Fucking that out. The, the favelization of Oh movies. yeah. Oh yeah, he cheat channels his inner favel for sure, for sure. All right, so but, I'm not going to yes. watch that movie. <laughs> But uh, of I love long yeah, too much. I picked the right one. I had a, I had fun watching it. It was again. It wasn't long. And it was it was it was a good one. So, and Charles Lawton, you know, it's great great oh. stuff. Next is she done him wrong. Hmm. She done him wrong, starring the great Mae West in the gay nineties. A seductive nightclub singer contends with several suitors, including a jealous escaped convict and a handsome Tempress League member. Ooh. It was only nominated for best picture. And, I mean, Mae West, you know. Cary Grant in that one as well. You don't hear much about the 1890s. It's interesting. Next, we're at Smiling Through. Smiling Through. Sounds like a musical. Directed by Sidney Franklin. The adoptive father of a young woman is horrified to learn she plans to marry the son of the man who accidentally killed her aunt years before. Jesus. Okay. Um, this is its only nomination. It's something. It's not what you expect when you see the movie. No. There it is. And uh, so the last one here is State Fair. It's directed by Henry King, and State Fair is an Iowa family. Who doesn't love a good Iowa movie? Always. An Iowa family finds adventure, love, and heartbreak when they spend a week at the State Fair. And that's starring the great Janet Gaynor. And also starring Will Rogers, who is the aforementioned host of that year's Oscars, who flubs the Frank thing. Right. (laughs) It is Will Rogers there. So he... He was in the mix there of that. So, that's it. Those are the nominees there. Gentlemen, we had, uh, we had a good one. Yeah. We had an interesting one. We did. And listen, it's all fun and games when you're sitting and talking about Silence of the Lambs. You do an episode on Gladiator. But when you can sit down and do an episode on Cavalcade, that's when you really separate the pros from the minor leaguers. Anyone could talk about Gladiator. <laughs> that's exactly right. Joey, any closing thoughts here today? Wish they had some actors for Calcane. <laughs> Oz, thanks yeah, for joining us. Second time. You've joined the, the two episode crew. There's a few, but I, you're you're out of that, that low that lowest tier on the thing. I here. dare you to find me a worse movie than this. <laughs> there it is. But anyway, thank you guys. I appreciate it. We're uh we're marching on to our next episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll, not the uh, head here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah.